0: It's Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free. At 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online. FreeTalkLive.com is the place to go. All the features on the site are totally free. So enjoy those on us. That again, FreeTalkLive.com. Roll it right into the phone calls. To start things out, it is this show about your calls to Francisco in New York. You're on Free Talk Live, Francisco.
1: Hey guys. Hey, what's hey, on your mind? Uh, well, I am currently at the Foundation for Economic Education. Yeah. I'm sure you know what that is, right? Yeah, yeah. Gardner,
0: I believe Gardner Goldsmith is fairly heavily involved with those guys.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. I was just talking to the president, and he comes down here fairly often. Anyway, I am but do tell. A, I mean,
0: for those who uh, who don't know, and I don't really know that well, what, what is the Foundation for Economic Education?
1: Well, um, it's basically a a uh, foundation which specializes in teaching Austrian economics or why the free market's better than any government-controlled market.
0: Ah, okay,
1: great. Yeah. Um, and why are you so, there? Um, well, they had a Freedom 101 seminar for high school students. Mm, cool. Which consists of 50 high school students, which is basically you have lectures and discussions and that kind of thing. Um, mm. And I signed up and, well, I, I'm here, but Uh, The interesting thing is that, well, basically they have lectures on why everything would be better privatized.
0: Okay. And when you say everything, are they really um, taking on the tough ones like justice and the roads?
1: There are two professors here that believe in total anarcho-capitalism. Okay. And then the rest are basically libertarians that just believe that government should only be here to protect... You know, your property and just catch murders.
0: Gotcha. Okay. But it's it's very interesting,
1: and I figured you know I I was gonna try to call in Monday, but I couldn't because Gardner was on the show.
0: Is it uh, we, is it being pr- um, presented in an easy to understand method, or and I, I understand it's high schoolers that are the audience, but is it still like more of a scholarly sort of a presentation?
1: Oh, uh, it's definitely a scholarly sort of presentation. Okay. Well, that's good that you're I mean, into that, I guess. <laughs> every speaker has is, you know, a has a doctorate and is a college professor.
0: Got it. So, yeah. what did you want to share about the uh, the whole affair?
1: Well, what I found interesting is that I found out that um Ron Paul got his start on libertarianism here. Wow. Yeah, that's what I found interesting. I was talking to the president, Dr. Richard Ebling. And he said that Ron Paul was a very close, personal friend of his because he came here and got started on the ideas of freedom here.
0: Well, that's that's good to know. Very good. Is yeah. that all you wanted to share? Yeah, basically, guys. Have you met any uh, any interesting, I mean, your your classmates, so-called? Are any of them uh, fairly active, interesting people? Uh, are they are well, fairly principled?
1: Um, yeah, as far as I know, two staff members are part of the Free State Projects.
0: Well, sign not the rest your other, up, would you, Francisco? Not, not your staff members, but your class members, the other kids, the other 49. Sign them up.
1: Well, they're, they're very interesting, and most of them are not activists, but most of them have the ideas of freedom, you
0: know? So is this is more like an egghead thing, like a scholarly get-together than a uh, than an activism. Certainly have a way with words, deal. Yeah. Well, hey, yeah. what else do you want to call them, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, what else can you yeah, say I about just- them?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's basically, you know, everybody here that came here knows about freedom already, and they're just trying to come here to understand economics and how the free market works better
0: Cool. Before, so, I guess. So then the for, uh, the Foundation for Economic Education, you would say, is not, like, the the first place to go to to get a grasp on these things?
1: No, no. Well, I guess it depends. They have different seminars. Freedom 101 is the most basic one. Mm-hmm. So if you were just start you were just going to start on, you know, libertarianism. I would say come here.
0: Okay, great, Francisco. Thank you for the recommendation. I think their website is fee.org. If you want to go and yes. poke around there, I I have honestly yet to go and do that myself uh despite the amount of times that Gardner has mentioned it here thank you francisco 800 259 9231 you know we need the uh we need the book guys out there we oh, yeah. need the scholarly people they're the ones that come up with the 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 real tangible ideas as far as getting to the marketplace and then there are people like us Mark that are sort of the the conduit role you know we come across the good ideas and hopefully we comprehend them appropriately yeah, break them try to break them
2: down as best we can into yeah, uh, being a a understandable
0: stuff that people southern can southern boys from mm-hmm. florida uh and then we pass them on to the rest of the world in hopefully easy to to understand chunks that they can grasp onto so it's certainly an important role and i i just i wonder how many of the scholars are actually activist to boot i wonder about that you know spend all your time with your nose in books how much time do you really get out there to to press the fre- the flesh so to
2: speak well, and i'm not sure that uh, i don't think that activism is the only way to get things done i think that uh, one can run for office and uh or that's activism that's
0: activism okay fine. Yeah. it's activism means doing something like beyond voting i see and I guess having the uh, their their little convention there is, I guess you could consider that activism. They're certainly
2: working towards freedom. So it sounds like
0: active. It's not necessarily directly reaching out and being activist towards those who aren't necessarily already on your side, but I think it would count nonetheless. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Though I, maybe somebody should go there and poke around a little bit and see if there is some sort of in- entry level stuff. I mean, if you are going to call yourself the foundation for economic education, you'd think they'd have some entry level, um, easy to grasp, understandable things. I know that somebody had recommended to me. I believe it is called. Oh gosh, I think it's Economics in One Lesson or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'll have to. I'll have to look for the name of it. It's. It's supposed to be a fairly short easy-to-understand uh, book, I guess, or, or short book. Not, I don't know if it's a, as short as a pamphlet, but mm-hmm. somewhere in between, um, 100 pages or something like that, about economics, something that any American could, could put in their hands and come away from with some good, solid you know, Austrian economic principles. Without that would having, be a good pamphlet. Without having to trudge through the drudge scholarly is, yeah, stuff.
2: Trudge is pretty much the word that I'd come up with most of the economic stuff that I've dealt with.
0: I mean, even even if it's not economic stuff, even if it's written in that sort of scholarly format, I have a tough time reading it. Maybe it's because I went to government school. It's I don't no know. Fun. Yeah, it's not if it's not fun to read that stuff. I, I read, uh, let's see, The Machinery of Freedom, which was written by David Friedman, son of, uh, son of, what was the guy's name? Some Mr. Friedman. Friedman, oh. I can't remember his name. Maybe the real guy's name was David Friedman. Anyway, the son of the Friedman, Friedman guy that died, Milton, Milton Friedman. And it it was an okay book, and it's one of the ones that a lot of people will point to, oh, you want to read something about anarcho-capitalism? You want to read something about the free market? You should read this book. And I have to say I was pretty disappointed with it. Um, it was not wasn't entertaining palatable it was, was kind of dry and it was one of those books where even though i wasn't sleepy i'd have to go back and read a page over again i'd have to read through the mm. page and I'd have to re- go and read it through again just to make sure i really... what about a market for Lim- liberty by the Tannenbaum? so easy so great yeah so um that's why i, I just as soon as i read that and i read the market for liberty after i read the machinery of freedom i see and uh Man, they really nail it in that book, and, and that is a book that anybody can pick up and just don't get it, mm-hmm. uh, because the go, the guys that wrote the Market for Liberty, Morris and Linda Tannehill, back in the seventies, they had read all of the scholarly stuff, they had read the the Rothbard and the Friedman mm-hmm. and all of the you know the journals and Hayek, the Hayek, all of those guys, you know, and they'd internalized it all, and then they cranked out this sixteen chapter book that really just laid it all out. And presented a a viable, I think, very viable, believable vision for how the free market world would operate. And which is something that a lot of people ask for. You know, they call our show and say, you guys are talking about uh, free market courts and free... Well, I mean, I talk about yes, it. Yes, you are. Uh, you're talking about free market courts and all these other things. It's never going to work. You don't have any real idea what's going to happen. Well, there are some people out there with some pretty good ideas. I try my best to communicate them. Uh, The reason I'm not very good at it yet, and I think I do an okay job, I think I do a passable job uh, compared to where I was two years ago, for instance, but um, the the reason I'm as good as I am is because of the market for liberty, and so I am still in the process of turning it into an audio book. I'm hoping to have it done by the end of the summer. How many and chapters have you done? I've done four. Oh, that's pretty good. Um, if, if not, it will be the end of the year for sure. So I'll have it ready for, uh, for Christmas time, the holiday season. 800-259-9231. Did you hear about George Bush today using his executive privilege? No. <laughs> You're going to love this. I'll explain when we come back. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And, Mark, you can join us online. FreeTalkLive.com is the place to go. All the features on the site are totally free, uh, and some of those features include archives. and entire year's worth of the show right there on the front page of the website for your easy, downloaded convenience totally free. Free freetalklive.com and SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery it is really three companies in one they do collections, early out billing and they purchase charged off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you their staff is respectful, they record every call and they have the best equipment money can buy so your business is handled as efficiently as possible see their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359 that's 1-800-544-6359 do business with businesses that support freetalk Live to the phones He called back as he said he would It's Jamie Tojuso in Kentucky Jamie you called at the very end of the show last night And you really didn't have a chance to get to uh, the, the point that you wanted to make On the uh, the Chris Benoit situation As you may know uh, One of the world wrestling superstars Has been found dead Along with his wife and son A very tragic story And Jamie you wanted to share your thoughts right. with Jamie us. has some insight as to how the uh, NWO
2: Is involved in Oh, really? Okay.
3: Kristen no, Lines. no, I don't. No? This is real. Okay? okay. This ain't no storyline. Like McMahon blowing up in his car.
2: Right. That's okay? that's just a bunch of nonsense. McMahon came that's back right. a, a week later.
3: Even though I believed it for a while, I called the uh, WWE, uh-huh. and I said, "This McMahon really dead? And so, you know. What'd they say? They said, they didn't say nothing. They said, well, you just have to find out.
0: Yeah. I... Watch next week.
3: <laughs> okay. Uh, But... I have left an interesting call for the WWE. Okay. When I called them yesterday. I told them for what they did Monday night. That was good. They give the tribute to Benoit for over the years for helping McMahon build his company more. Then, uh, Tuesday night on ECW, they had, he, he said there will be no mention of Benoit after what he found out 26 hours later.
0: Hmm. About the steroids. That ain't
3: nothing but hypocrite. If he was a true friend, you know, through and through, that, that his fa- thats his family too. He's saying the same thing about his family.
2: Well, what are you saying? Um, that how how's he turning on uh, uh, the wrestler? I
3: wouldn't doubt it if he's giving him steroids in the back, like he had Hulk Hogan uh, when he slammed Andre the ground. He give uh, uh, Andre the. He gave Hulk Hogan uh, steroids before the match.
0: So you think the uh, you think the DEA is a little off in investigating his doctor? They should be looking at Vince McMahon instead. Uh, well,
3: if it comes with DEA, I don't I, I don't trust them. Far as I can from.
0: Well, I I'm with you on that. But basically, what he's saying here is that you know they day one they had this tribute. Day two they said they're not going to ever talk about the guy again because the uh, the allegations about the steroid use came out.
3: and uh, And on a. Uh, 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 a uh, previous uh, newscast a while ago, I heard that another wrestler passed away not too long ago, Sherry Martell.
0: Nah, it doesn't ring a bell with me. Yeah, I'm not uh, up on my Sherry, wrestler. Sherry? I don't know, man. Sherry, Sherry? Yeah. That's clever. Go ahead.
3: <laughs> okay. Uh, on com, the day it happened, they said she died of natural causes. Well, that newscast just said a while ago, it come up. Uh, It said uh, that, whatever you call it, the autopsy, Mm
0: -hmm. said she
3: didn't die of natural causes. She
0: Hmm. died of murder. Uh Uh-oh. And? Jamie?
3: And and I believe McMahon's behind
2: the whole thing.
0: (laughs) I think you're right. He is quite a uh, mastermind, that
2: Vince McMahon. He really is. I mean, I've watched him on TV, and I can look into his eyes and see that He's got that look, yeah. yeah.
0: Kind of
3: shifty. I, I do like his therapy, so...
2: Yeah, that's a hairpiece? I thought it was real. Uh, I thought all of that stuff I saw in WWE was real, and especially his hairpiece. No,
3: nah, his hairpiece is faker than the wrestler himself.
2: So wait a minute. You're telling me that Vince McMahon has a fake hairpiece but runs real business?
3: <laughs> well, when he's, uh, when he's not wrestling in the ring, he's wearing a hairpiece.
0: Gotcha. So you think Vince McMahon is doing a little bit of uh, steroid deals in the back, uh, the back rooms, the back halls of the WWE? You know, uh, well, you, uh, let
3: me state this: I could be wrong, but it needs to be investigated.
0: Well, mm. you may be right about that. I don't know if Vince would get his hands wet in all that. I don't know why. This would is he the risk... same
2: guy that invented the NWO.
0: Wait, right, right Why would you, you? You mean the NWO is like the wrestling organization? Yeah, right? they have the new World Order right, right there. Right, it's right. not like
2: they're not proclaiming it from the
0: rooftops. <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, well, no
3: no not that new world order there is a new world order but you know that's
0: fake. yeah hulk hogan's in charge uh so so let me see well, don't you think it'd be smarter though for vince mcmahon to maybe have his son or his daughter do the you know the steroid deals at least that way he could sort of distance himself and say George he didn't know what was going on
3: his name is man
0: yeah what about it I don't get it, That's Jamie. What,
3: what what I refer him to. Remember in the '80s how Jesse the Body used to refer him to on Saturday Night's Main Event. Remember that show?
0: I remember Jesse the Body and I remember all of his feathered boas and that sort of thing, but I don't. Oh know. yeah,
3: on the night he blew up in his uh, blew up in his car, Jesse the Body was on there. Uh, Jesse Ventura is not his real name, by the way. Right. <laughs> uh, but he he said that uh, there's two dictators in this world. One is in entertainment, and one is of the free world.
0: Uh Uh-huh.
3: And guess who those are?
2: Vince McMahon and...
0: George W. Bush. Yes. Jamie, thanks for the call. We appreciate hearing from you. I think they're in cahoots. 800-259-9231. It doesn't seem very plausible that Vince McMahon is going to get his hands dirty with steroid deals when he's making money just hand over fist with the WWE. That doesn't really click. Doesn't really make sense. But well, having his son or daughter do the steroid deals might be a little bit of extra cash for them. That might not be a bad idea. I, I don't
2: have any problem with the uh, people who want to get big using steroids. I, I think that it, I think it's it, kind of stupid. It lays waste to your body in a lot of ways, and uh, people should be aware of that before Broid they, rage ever, too, right? they you know, ever, ever try anything like that. But uh, you know, I think that if, they, if that's what they want to do, then that's what they should be able to do. And I think that wrestling to a large extent, has uh, you know built on the backs of people that have used steroids. I don't know. It's true. I, I wouldn't say that uh, Vince McMahon was necessarily involved, but I think that people understand that uh, you've either got to be born freakishly large, or if you want to be a wrestler, you've got to take steroids.
0: It's probably one of those things, too, where the guys who are in the business, and we know a couple of them, Mark... The guys who are in the business, they probably know, right? You know, whispers in the locker room, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Same thing with sports. You know, you probably know who the guys are that are, they call it juicing, don't they? Juicing? The steroids? I don't think that they would call it that in wrestling because juicing in wrestling is taking a uh, sharp ring and cutting your forehead. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, well, I don't know. Anyway, uh, I think they probably know who it is that's that's doing these things. But a lot of good all the laws have done, huh? I mean, look at this tragedy. You've got a, a wrestler, superstar, who has allegedly killed himself and murdered his... Uh, before, he, before that, and he murdered his wife and son. That's apparently the story at this point, mm-hmm. as I understand. I have not been following it closely, but... Boy, the the war on drugs really put a stop to that, didn't it? But really prevented him from getting his hands on those steroids and then killing his wife. Even more obvious, uh, it it seems
2: to me that uh, WWE wrestlers essentially prance around on television uh, advertising their steroid use every single week. I'm not saying that this is um, a bad thing. I'm for them being able to do it. But... Isn't it strange that somehow the DEA's never gotten
0: involved with these guys? I mean, you know, they're famous and stuff. They wouldn't want to go after them. Well, that's what I was just thinking, Mark. What happens when they, uh, when they you know, the special tribunal is called, like they did with the baseball guys? Mm. And they call down Vince McMahon and the other wrestlers and start interrogating them. Well, McMahon's a tough cookie. I hope he stands his ground. I hope so, too. More on the way. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us online, freetalklive.com. The place to go, all the features on the site totally free. So enjoy those on us. And that may include and does include the live streams, broadband version of the show there, dial-up version as well. Both of them totally free at freetalklive.com. If you're worried about opportunistic lawyers, judges, future
2: ex-spouses, disgruntled ex-employees, or meddling bureaucrats, you ought to be. Because these people want your money, home, and car. What have you done to protect yourself at KeepYourAssets.net? They are experts in sheltering your wealth. Go to KeepYourAssets.net and take their asset protection crash course today. They'll show you how to keep your assets. KeepYourAssets.net.
0: 800-259-9231 to the Ampline Johnson in Connecticut. You're on Free Talk Live
4: as much as I uh, hate supporting uh conspiracy theories uh there are so, there's certainly some interesting news out there. All right. uh, I'd like I'd love to share it with you. Uh, well, an anonymous user operating a computer traced to Stanford, Connecticut, home of the WWE. Isn't that where you is, live? Uh it's right very near it. I I uh I'm less than a half an hour away.
2: So you're caught up in this whole stuff.
4: I, I possibly could be. I, who knows? <laughs> anyway, uh An anonymous user posted an entry to uh, pro wrestler Chris Benoit's biography on Wikipedia.org announcing the death of his wife, Nancy, at least 13 hours before police in suburbia Atlanta said that they found her body along with her husband's and that of their 7-year-old son.
5: Hmm. What's that Uh,
0: mean, man?
4: Well, it means that somebody knew that the murder was going to occur 13 hours before it happened.
0: Hold on a second. The murder happened at a certain time, and it was posted 13 hours in advance of the murder? Or did they just not find the body until a long time later? Is there Uh, any chance that
2: this is confusion over the international dateline and stuff? Because I've noticed uh, on the Internet sometimes I get confused about times because they'll have it in Pacific Standard Time. Dude, this is
4: on Fox News. It's not any sort of confusion. Um the, it was, you know, it's been all over the net today on that one because essentially what happened is somebody updated Benoit's Wikipedia article 13 hours before anyone knew that the murder occurred and said Benoit's, you know, basically said that his wife was going to be murdered 13 hours before it happened.
0: Wait, wait, wait. No, it says here that the posting went live on Wikipedia at 12.01 in the morning on Monday, and then the police found uh, the bodies at 12, or excuse me, at 2.30 in the afternoon. So it sounds to me like, you know, uh, when are they saying the murder actually happened? Because there's a difference between finding bodies and the time the murder happened.
4: Well, yeah, absolutely. You're right. I, who knows? All I mean, it This posting was made before anyone else knew about the murder. Let's just put it that way. Okay. I mean, that's the important part. What
0: are the theories going around here, that Vince McMahon was was actually in on this, or what? Who knows? Or Benoit went and posted it, and then he offed offed himself? I mean, that doesn't seem likely, right?
4: Well, it's also kind of impossible, since Benoit was in Atlanta, and this occurred in Stanford, unless he took a flight.
0: Wait, well, how, okay, I don't know enough about the case. Honestly, I haven't been reading much about it. How was Benoit in Atlanta? At, wait, that's when, where
4: he lives. That's where his family is. That's where the bodies were found.
0: Oh, I see what you mean. Oh. Hmm. Atlanta, it was posted Georgia. from Connecticut. That's where, lived.
4: that's where the bodies were found. However, the posting to Wikipedia was made from a computer which I, which, whose IP address was traced back to the WWE headquarters in Stanford.
0: Hmm, very suspicious.
2: So now, he's really be... dead,
0: right? <laughs> 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 they didn't like hire the police department for a little extra publicity. I think oh, the WWE no. is
2: getting a lot of mileage out of this.
0: <laughs> yeah, they
4: certainly would be if that's true. If this is all a hoax... Well, I think that the WWE is going to face legal repercussions if this is a hoax. I think that the uh, there's going to be some people that are a little irritated.
2: No, I can't imagine it's a hoax. I mean, the, the police wouldn't have said they found bodies if they, were, they didn't
0: find bodies. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can't imagine that, no.
4: Yeah, I mean, I would generally agree with that. So it's certainly interesting. I mean, um, I guess in more detail, I mean, that whoever said it, that made the post, um, said – the post uh, in this exactness said, um, Chris Benoit was replaced by Johnny Nitro for the ECW championship match at Vengeance, I guess, which is the name of uh, of an event, as Benoit was not there due to personal issues stemming from the death of his wife, Nancy. Um, and that was actually removed an hour later from Wikipedia with uh, one of the moderators, I guess, saying, needs a reliable source, saying that his wife died is a pretty big statement. You need to back it up with something.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. So, so do you have a theory at all?
4: I I don't know. I don't follow wrestling well enough.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, interesting. It, it's getting it's it's getting them some national coverage. Uh, how often do we talk about wrestling on Free Talk Live? Yeah. Uh, when if someone I had dies,
4: a, <laughs> if I had any way to get in touch with him regularly, I'd call Torgo. Uh, you know, he the former former host Torgo. He he's. Uh, big into wrestling he might have some theories on it well but. we have a
0: couple of we have a couple of superstars that that listen to the show i don't know if uh, if any of them want to email us their thoughts or or, or how they're feeling I, I don't i don't know if they're going to participate in in the discussion uh, sort of anonymously that might be a possibility but um i think they would probably be the most reliable sources in it this particular case it would
4: certainly be nice to get some inside information as to what's going on or yeah. something it would be great i mean imagine if uh free talk live were was able to scoop some of these major news sto- sources Breaking i would news. appreciate that free yeah. talk
0: yeah. live exclusive <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know i don't want to I, yeah. I don't want to sound like i'm too callous to all this because it's certainly a tragic situation but nonetheless uh, quite an interesting wrinkle johnson uh, thank <laughs> you for the uh, the information and the update appreciate it yeah. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the SACL C A I toll free line for you. So the oh, wow, I mean, would he have called somebody? I don't know. I said I just you know killed my wife. I mean, how is it?
2: That... I'm I'm kind of skeptical after the whole McMahon death thing, but I mean, it's it's at the
0: same time it's pretty clear that the police wouldn't have said anything. I, you could you could maybe guess that they would have paid off the the police department to do a little fake investigation or something yeah. like that, but seems a little un, un, unrealistic. And then I guess the DEA also raided his doctor's office today. Yeah, they probably didn't get a DEA raid just uh, for probably their whole, uh, elaborate hoax. doesn't yeah. doesn't make sense. I I doubt that. So hey, I guess as this case develops, we should probably keep up on it because people are obviously interested. It's intriguing mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, this is quite an interesting little wrinkle in the case. Yeah. And one eight hundred. If you have a, uh, I don't know, a theory at this point, that's all we've got at this point. How is it that this, this, how is it that his wife and kid ended up dead and somebody a thousand miles away knew about it to update Wikipedia? Yeah. And also, how did they trace the anonymous user? I mean, if the person was really anonymous, how did they, if they were using one of those anonymizer services or whatever? Well, they may not have very, uh, they may not have been
2: anonymized. They may have just not put their name down possibility i don't anyway. know much about the wwe i must say i have a i have a uh, particular soft spot for kane but uh yeah i don't know much
0: about
5: the
2: we do the love uh, we do we do love that gentleman yeah anyway. I, I met him actually one time uh he was very cordial but you could tell by the look in his eye he'd just as soon kill you he's a sociopath i don't know about that it's out of his mind
0: <laughs> anyway uh all right so george bush speaking of sociopaths He's uh, moving towards a constitutional showdown with Congress, asserted executive privilege on Thursday, and rejected lawmakers' demands for documents that could shed light on the firings of federal prosecutors. He just rejected them. He'd been subpoenaed. Mm -hmm. And he just said, nah, Nah, I'm the president. (laughs) Don't have to do that. Bush's attorney I don't want to do that. I, I don't think the Congress should be able to subpoena the president. The Bush's attorney told Congress the White House would not turn over subpoena documents for former presidential counsel Harriet Myers and former political director Sarah Taylor. Congressional panels went uh, want the documents for their investigations of Alberto Gonzalez's stewardship of the Justice Department including complaints of undue political influence. The democratic chairman of the two committees seeking the documents accused Bush of stonewalling and disdain for the law which and said they would press forward with enforcing the subpoenas, quote, with respect, it's with much regret that we're forced down this unfortunate path, which we sought to avoid by finding grounds for mutual accommodation. We'd hope this matter would would conclude with your committee's receiving information in lieu of having to invoke executive privilege. Instead, we are at this conclusion. Now, so you're saying that if Congress wants to ask questions of the president, you're you're completely for him. Totally ignoring that, huh?
2: Well, I, I think from a, check, a checks and balances point that they can't subpoena the president to uh, show up. Right? right they, they're looking for documents. Yeah, they're here. looking for documents. Uh, and I he's mean, just I, saying that. My now. question would be, uh, what's he got to hide? But yeah, well, exactly right, and it just makes him look
0: pretty shifty. But it still, it still all seems like a bunch of politicking. Oh, to of me. course it is. It, of course it is. But nonetheless, it just points out that the president is actually above the law. It's free talk live. This is Free Talk Live. is your show. You can bring up whatever you want. Toll free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll free line. That's 800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. All the features on the site, we give them away. So enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then we'd like you to shop At Amazon.freetalklive.com, we had, I think, over $6,000 worth of uh, merchandise move in the month of April alone, which is pretty good. I mean, it's all over the map, too. There's 41 categories of products. So, I mean, everybody knows Amazon for their huge book selection, which, of course, they have a lot of, I mean, just tremendous amounts of books. Uh, But then there's DVDs, and then there's furniture, and groceries, and baby stuff, clothes, accessories, uh, you name it. They sell it, 41 categories. Go to amazon.freetalklive.com, and uh, consider that your special portal for entering Amazon. It'll get you to the same old Amazon site Mm -hmm. with all the great features that you're used to. It's just that when you enter through that link, Free Talk Live gets a percentage of your purchase. So get the shopping done you need to do. You're going to have to do it anyway. You might as well do it at amazon.freetalklive.com as we go to Jim in Second Life on the Amplifier line. Hey, Jim. Hey, how's it going? Great. What's on your mind?
6: Um, well, you guys were talking about books earlier, and uh, David Friedman. Yeah, he is kind of dry. What I usually point to people when they are when they're interested in uh, free market or anarcho capitalism is I point to uh, the the Rothbard book uh, for New Liberty because uh, okay. he goes he goes through and he explains where the ideas for uh, classical liberalism came from to begin with in America, and goes through the whole thing. Then he describes what the non-aggression axiom is, and then he goes straight into all right. Here is the problems that we're facing in America. And something we can all agree with, and then he goes, okay, and then we're going to start. And he starts off with, some, with like small things, like um, uh, like a slavery, uh, personal liberties, education, something that you know people can get a hold of. And as he's going along, then he starts uh, towards the end. He starts getting into the um, uh, police and courts and how they can be privatized and military and all that stuff.
0: Very good. And that was for a new liberty.
6: For a new liberty
0: by Murray Roth, uh, Murray Rothbard. Right. Oh, great. Great. So, I, I, I think I think someone sent me that. I, it may actually be up on my bookshelf, and one of those books I just haven't gotten to yet. Yeah, so. you can get it
6: for free at the um, the Mises website. Oh I have wow. The audiobook. Um, yeah, I was um, I was a minarchist just like uh, uh, Mars, and uh, I went out to California and I took a train. I took a train there and I took a train back. And during the train rides and some of the free time I had, I was when I was out there, I was listening to this book. By the time I got back, uh I was I was just set into the old anarcho capitalism.
0: Great. I like it when you don't have to pay for uh for the education that you're looking for. So Mises dot yeah. org has an audio version for free. Yep. Good to know. Jim, anything else you wanted to share?
6: Uh well actually one real quick, uh remember how you had your uh simulator in Second Life that's now up for sale?
0: Yeah. Um,
6: the second of next month, uh July. Is when Mark will be getting his right next to yours.
0: Oh, what was that? That's so nice. A piece of land, <laughs> a piece of digital land in Second Life. Yeah. You're going to have your own now, Mark. I'm going to be named. Yeah, or yeah. the piece it. of land will be named after you. You I won't see. have. You won't actually own it. I see. Just it's, be like, named after it's like having a library named after you. It's like Amerigo Vespucci.
2: He never owned uh, America, but it's named
0: after him. Yeah, exactly right. Jim, thanks for the call, man. Appreciate <laughs> it. 800-259-9231. So I found this interesting little story and. Let's see what you think of this one because I I've got a I've got a spin that I want to put on it. The Justice Department from ABC News issued a public alert about fraudulent spam emails addressed to dear citizen. Now this is a new one, right? Cuz okay. you've seen the phishing emails mm-hmm. about oh it's eBay, they want your account information or AOL or the Bank of America or you know some other bank you've never done business with that wants your account information. Now somebody's put together some scam emails with Dear Citizen in the title. The emails purport to be from the Department of Justice, and claims recipients may be the subject of complaints filed by the, department of, uh, by the department and forwarded on to the Internal Revenue Service. The email may include a phony case number and a mention and mention a complaint filed, or actually, apparently it's misspelled in the email as filled, by a Mr. Henry Stewart, which sounds an awful lot like that guy that keeps offering me $10 million from a secret African vault.
2: Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that that's true. I I never even get to see these things anymore. i, I... I knew that it was a hoax the moment I saw it. Anytime anybody's offering you money to that, no, sorry.
0: They don't slip through very often. Gmail has a very... I use Gmail Mm -hmm. for my email, and uh, it has a very good spam catcher. But from time to time, they do make it through. Anyway, a Department of Justice logo may also appear in the fraudulent email. Spam hoaxes or similar ones have been discovered in the past, using the names of other government agencies to trick users into opening emails, which could be harmful. The alert also warns that attachments to the emails that purport to come from government agencies may contain... Malicious software or spyware, which could uh, could damage computers or steal information. Now, I wouldn't trust the real government's email to not have ma- uh, malware that would lock <laughs> onto my computer. The department warns recipients of emails that appear to be hoaxes not to open attachments to the emails and to delete them immediately. Now, that's fair advice. Excellent um, advice. When it comes to Emails, it doesn't matter if it appears to be coming from the Department of Justice or if it's coming from, you know, your bank or whoever. If you weren't expecting an email with an attachment from somebody that you know, don't open the attachment. That's just a basic rule of email that I think everybody should understand.
2: Well, even if you do know the person, sometimes uh, viruses can go in and replicate. That's true. And That's why
0: I say you should be expecting the right, file. Expecting it. So... Be careful out there. But I, what I found the most interesting about this, and they give you their websites, you can report their, uh, you can report these hoax emails. What I found interesting was that, what really is the difference between an email that you receive from some spammer or hoaxer, and an email that you receive from the government? I mean. Which one's the real gang? Which one's the, you know, there, there seems to be a bit of confusion. The government's not sending out emails, though. No, the government's not sending out emails, but they do contact you out of the blue, and they are strangers to you. Mm-hmm. Why is it that you would put, an at, like, a real email from the government or a piece of mail from the government? Why would you um, give that more credibility than some random guy in Nigeria sending you an email? Hmm. It, it It seems to me that when you're being contacted by strangers... You should act as though you would normally act when being contacted by strangers. Who are you, people, and what do you want? Yeah, exactly right. That's where I'm coming from on this. I mean, really, which is the real group of scammers? I mean, who's really doing the most scamming of the American people? Is it the guys in Nigeria trying to, you know, scrape together some money to buy breakfast with? Or is it the federal government trying to pass off its funny money as legitimate? I mean, who is really guilty of the biggest, the biggest scam? And the most consistent scam. And And who gets the most money? Yeah, exactly right. And so here you are. You get this thing from the IRS, this group of strangers out there calling themselves the Internal Revenue Service. You've never met any of these people. You certainly haven't contracted with them. Uh, You've not um, ever explicitly agreed to play by their rules, to read all their little law books. And not that you could understand them even if you wanted to read their law books. Who the hell's read the tax code? I Nobody. I can tell you the IRS employees themselves have not read the tax code, most of them. I, I, I can't even imagine that any of them would have read the entire tax code. It's thousands upon thousands of pages, as I understand it. So they send you this piece of mail, 1040 or 1040EZ or whatever, with their 60 pages of instructions for a one-page thing that you're well, supposed to Well, they don't to send it to you generally. Um, you have to go to the library or something and get it. You're just expecting funny. They used to send it to me.
2: I, I, I've always gotten mine at some government office, usually the huh. post office or the library.
0: Usually. They used to send mine to me with my address on them. Hmm. they'd be Directly so. addressed to me. Anyway, presuming they send this thing to you, as they did to me, um, they demand that you fill it out. And I mean, at least the Nigerian scammers aren't making demands of you; <laughs> they're just trying to trick you. Yes, well, and they're they're not going to come over here and put you in jail either. No, they certainly won't. Though some some people have said that if you follow their scams for a little while, they will try to get you to go over there, and then you might disappear into the arms of some um you know gang. Yeah, that wouldn't be a good thing. They're going to abduct you or something like that. Why is it, it Nigeria that all these things come out of? I, why why not other countries? Maybe I don't know. That's a good question. I presume it's coming out of other countries. Maybe they're just getting bad rap. But anyway, either way, you're dealing with communiques that are coming from anonymous individuals. Or, I guess, with the government, sometimes they sign their names to it. But you're dealing with communiques coming from people you don't know and have never agreed to do business with. Really, what is the difference between the two? 1-800-259-9231. Samantha in Texas. You're on the line with Free Talk Live. Hey there. Samantha in Texas. On yes, Free Talk sir. Live. Hey, what's on your mind?
7: Um, basically, I guess I want to pose a question to you, to anybody who's out there listening. Why is it because I don't support the war or if I criticize the president, am I not patriotic? I think
0: you're more patriotic than most people.
7: You know what I mean? Um, I don't understand. Um, I know we did a, we did a lesson. Um, I don't know if you remember me, but I'm still in school, and I'm basically one of the only people who do not support the war, are the president, and we're doing a lesson on uh, Vietnam. And I said, no, it did not need to happen. And everybody looks at me, and they're like, oh, you anarchist hippies. <laughs> <Does that laughs>
0: Can we happen- talk to you more? When, I want to come back with you, okay? So hang on, Samantha. We'll wait through the news, bring Samantha back from Texas, and talk about this a little bit more, because it's a tough position to be in. And I think she's very courageous for actually being able to take that position in front of a class full of people that are obviously not with her. 800-259-9231, hour two is on the way. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number two of the program. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL-CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online. FreeTalkLive.com is the place to go. All the features on our site, we give them away, so enjoy those on us. That again, FreeTalkLive.com. Let's bring back Samantha in Texas. Now, Samantha, uh, you are in, is it high school? Are you a senior in high school?
7: um yes but i was taking um history 1301 a college course
0: okay okay yes so what happened go ahead and recap uh what you've already covered for us for anybody just tuning in
7: mm-hmm. okay so we're in there and we're learning about well first well we were in the 1940s already and then we learned about Hiroshima and Nagasaki mm. and of course i'm not i didn't want that to happen so i voiced my opinion and they said, well, what was the use? And then they're like, to save American lives. No, it wasn't to save American lives, because Japan was about to surrender. No, and everybody was a, like, J-
2: Japan really would have surrendered, but if, uh, Roosevelt had called for an unconditional surrender. Right. So the terms were outrageous. Actually, Roosevelt, Roosevelt caused deaths by his unconditional surrender thing. Yes,
7: yes, I, I agree, which is why I said, no, it didn't need to happen, because they wanted to surrender. Mm. And... I don't know. I guess I've always been anti-war because killing innocent people is the problem, not the solution. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, like, I don't know. It just makes me mad. And they're like, oh, you think that everything can happen without war? Everything can happen without war. And then they're like, oh, why don't you move to Mexico or somewhere else? Like... What does that have to do with anything?
0: It's a typical, it's it? a typical tactic by the uh, government defenders, the people, the defenders of the status quo. They love to say, if you don't like it, get out. Well, no. This is America where I have the freedom of speech and if you don't like my freedom of speech, well, plug your ears and run away because I'm going to keep saying what I believe and then hopefully some other people will come to agree with me on that and then maybe we can change this country for the better and stop dropping bombs on people. By the way, it was uh, Truman, not Roosevelt. My mistake. Yeah. Well, trade one for the other. mm, Politicians. So, Samantha, Uh, what else? Yes. Oh, I don't know. It's just
7: that. It's like... Okay, why is it that my patriotism is being questioned whenever Bush doesn't even want to, you know, um, back up his subpoenas? He doesn't even want to, like, come through with them, and is he above the law because he's the president? I mean, Yes, where's his uh, yes he is
0: above the law because, A, he is the president, and, B, no one's going to do anything about it. Exactly. George, George Bush can get away with saying and doing virtually anything he wants at this point because he's I mean, continued to cross several lines, several you know lines where he should have been stopped um, in his certain his thirst, unending thirst for power, and uh, Congress just sort of sits on its hands and the judicial branch just certainly doesn't do anything about it. So uh, by it, he seems to be above the ball, to law. The uh, the law yes, absolutely.
7: I agree. And the whole like okay the whole going to war thing you said oh yeah weapons of mass destruction but isn't that why um, we had the whole Scooter Libby trial because Valerie Plame was investigating to see if they were buying any um, any uranium from Africa to see if they could do that but no was it uh, Dick Cheney who blew her cover?
2: You know I try to avoid all that crap it just bores me I follow all the politics I I know the names but I don't know the specifics of the Scooter Libby case and.
7: And yeah, you know it's really bad whenever um, you have the vice president of the United States involved in something like that, and then for him or for anybody to come and say, "Oh, why don't you like the soldiers? They didn't do anything to you." It's not that I don't like the soldiers. I don't like the people who send them to war, and I don't, I don't, you know, I don't agree with. I'm not with the exactly policies.
2: pleased as punch with the soldiers either. What, why do you say that? I, yeah, I'm going to get, I'm going to get email after email on this one, but they signed up. Um, to join a, a an operation of paid killers, and they know what they're doing. I mean, it's not like there's no history behind this war thing. I, I understand that you could, uh, you you can take sides. Like maybe you think it's a good idea to have attacked Japan. Well, or some of them Vietnam probably that, sa- some that of kind them. of thing.
0: No, hold but, on. Some of them probably signed up so
2: they could get their college paid for. Look, exactly. If, if if I shot you to take your money out of your wallet, does that make it okay? No, no. You know, I mean, I'm sorry, shooting people over in foreign countries is not okay to get
0: money for college. I understand, but they don't think about that. A lot of them, you know, might have signed up before 2001 Mm -hmm. uh, because they just thought it'd be a cakewalk. They'd be able to sit around on some military base, and then they'd collect their college money when they were all set and done. You
2: know, I've I've known quite a few soldiers over there individually. I like them. The whole idea of the army thing really makes me pretty upset.
0: Well, and then there's the whole oath to support and uphold the Constitution. There's that part, too. That's something that I think is worth getting upset over. And we certainly haven't declared war since uh, 1941.
2: So what are we doing over there?
0: Right, but how many soldiers are actually upholding the Constitution? I would say only the ones that refuse to go. Only those that say, I'm not participating in this. This is an unlawful order. You have not declared war, therefore I'm not going to war. Plain and simple. But if you start saying things like that in class, you, your classmates are going to freak out. They don't understand it. Nobody talks about these things. And so, you know, congratulations to you, Samantha, for having the courage to actually stand up I'm for your convictions.
7: Like, they think I'm making it up. They're like, oh, she doesn't know what she's talking about. You can tell by the way she says it. She makes it up. Like, what the heck? Why would I make something up? Like, you can prove it. It's not like if you will not know if I'm lying or not.
0: Like yeah, well, they that. don't want to look. See, you can say you can prove it. You can point them to the books. You can point them to the articles and the references. Right. But they're not interested in challenging their worldview, so they are going to avert their eyes. They right. will not Absolutely. see it. If, you, if you say, look, here's an article,
2: here's an, in, an uh, email address to an article, <clears throat> excuse me, a URL to an article that you can read that will uh, give you some enlightenment on this, they won't go to it. If you say, here's a book, um, you know, the name of a book, they won't go find it. If you hand them the book, they will not read it. If you stand in front of them and read the book, they will walk away. We'll zone out. They do not sure. want to hear anything that challenges their worldview. And I the, agree. You know, now, but that's just 99% of the time. Every once in a while, you can say something that catches somebody's attention and changes their mind. Yeah. So you just got to keep at it.
0: Yeah. There may be a chance that there's somebody in your class that is listening quietly. You know, they're not going to necessarily respond as uh, outrageously as some of your class members may. They they just sort of maybe they're listening to what you have to say, and they may go ahead and make some notes and check it out on their own time. And who knows? Maybe they'll talk to you in a couple months and say, Hey, I looked into it, and you were right. Right. And that'll make it all worthwhile, won't it? I mean, if, if if something like that actually does happen, if someone shares with you, Samantha, that you, may, you helped make a difference in their life, then it's worth coming out and it's worth standing up for for what you believe in. And, and even if it doesn't, it a, still is worth a it. A lot of times you got to sort of take their um,
2: position and, and try to explain yourself from their position kind of thing. I've that's I've, worked for me. Like, for instance, if you said, well, let's talk about the Hiroshima situation. Let's imagine for a second all the stars and stripes and eagles and trumpets and fireworks are gone from the America situation. And in fact, it was um, it was uh, J- Japan that dropped a nuclear weapon on New York City and L.A., mm. And they did it in order to save Japanese lives, but we you know we had given them the opportunity for you know to to come to the negotiation and they table, had given us, but Here they we, the the oppor- they did no no, we had given them the opportunity to negotiate a a peace, but they didn't want to do it oh, they see. wanted an unconditional peace gotcha. so they dropped nuclear weapons on um l a and New York would that make them yeah. good people or bad people? I guess
7: i mean being an American they're not going to want to see it they don't they don't i think nobody wants to and then the They say, oh, the polls are going down. But then again, a lot of people are still, you know, supporting the war with the whole thing. When we had to pass that bill, we're not going to fund the war anymore if you don't, you know, give us a timetable. It didn't happen. And, like, Mm -hmm. why do we have to keep funding a war that we do not want to be on?
2: Well, that's because because the Democrats and the Republicans are just uh, two sides of the same coin.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nothing substantive is actually going to change. Um, and Samantha, great call. Thank you for it. Keep up the good work and keep us informed as to what happens in uh, in your classroom with your classmates. 800 You're right. Uh, I mean, look at, look at what happened in 2006 with this sort of wholesale uh, replacement of most of the Republicans in Congress with Democrats. The voters, they don't know what else to do, right? The voters know they don't like what's going on. They don't like the war. They want something to change. They don't really have anybody Else to vote for, and some of the Democrats were were talking about getting out of the war, and so they voted for the Democrats in the hopes that they would remove us from the con, remove the uh, the troops from the conflict, bring them home, etc., etc. And what has occurred? Nothing. Not a damn thing. Just a bunch of political posturing. Just a bunch of speeches and crap.
5: That's I'm afraid what that's,
0: that, that's what we're going to
2: get if we vote in a Democrat um, in 2008 for the presidency. Hillary Clinton, not going to get us out of the war. Barack Obama, not going to get us out of the war. Both of them have um, voted for funding. Hillary Clinton, I mean, Bill Clinton got us into, I mean, he kept us in Iraq. The only one you can count on to get us out of this war is Ron Paul or Dennis Kucinich. And Dennis Kucinich is, is a is, communist. Is, yeah, he's a communist. Yeah.
0: Eight, I don't even know if I can count on him. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. He may just be against this war, Mark. Oh, this war? Sure. Right. If you got to be careful. This particular war. You got to be careful with what these guys say. Ron Paul is not, as I can understand it, in favor of initiating war. war. Free Talk Live, it's your show. You bring us anything toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 1-800-259-9231. Is Ian here with you? And Mark. You can join us online. FreeTalkLive.com is the place to go. All the features there are totally free. And those do include the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens and dozens of ladies. In fact, you just, we just got off the phone with Samantha. She's one of them. Is she? Uh, she is one of our Shriners okay. who sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. So, uh, so head over to shrine.freetalklive.com to see what that's all about. Shrine.freetalklive.com. Pop quiz. What
2: do Washington politics and libertarianism have in common? The answer is very little. The Prometheus Institute at readpi.com is looking to make a real impact in Washington. Not in 40 years, but right now find out what makes the Prometheus Institute different from all the other flatwater flat water political think tanks, visit readpi.com. That's readpi.com.
0: Now, right before we went to break, in our remaining few seconds, we were talking about the differences between uh, Dennis Kucinich, who's a Democrat, and Ron Paul, um, of course, who is a Republican. Of course, not that those labels mean anything, but nonetheless, you had pointed out that Dennis Kucinich was really the only strong anti-war candidate on the, the Democratic side. Right. Right. And And I said that
2: um, and and he's not really anti-war. In fact, he's just anti-this war.
0: That's as I understand. Right. And I'm just making the accusation. And then you said, and then I said something about Ron Paul, and then you said he would invade Darfur. Right. And what I meant was Dennis Kucinich would likely, just making an accusation. Right, because for them, it's okay to use the military in the way they want to use the mm-hmm. military and to invade the countries they think is okay, but it's not okay when the Republicans want to use the military for their purposes. So it's not any sort of principle that's behind it. These guys don't have principles. I mean, the Dennis Kucinich and those other uh, the other Democrats, they don't have principles. They're just big government people, just like most of the Republican candidates. Well, they, got big, a big,
2: they have a principle that they believe that uh, government is good and that it can help people and all that other stuff. They have principles. They no, just so don't have your principles.
0: So the principle is that uh, government can help any anything
2: basically yes the government the government will fix things gotcha. the government works i've lo- i've heard democrats say that over and over again really could you show me an example
0: of how it's working yes how it's achieving its stated goals and right. that sort of thing just you know
2: let's let's compare the government to i don't know something that's uh you know private free market and we'll see how it works what's your favorite government program because you know I, for instance i could go out tomorrow and if i tried hard enough I could figure out some way to buy a car, say a Honda Accord, that's normally twenty five, twenty seven thousand dollars 27000 at the dealer. I could figure out some way to buy it for $75,000. I really could. And that's not working. Even though I got a car, I got a Honda Accord just like I said I wanted to. I paid triple the price for it. <laughs> that is not working. That is a poor example of what works. Yeah, what works awful. is paying the right amount for it, getting what you paid for.
0: Or paying less. And the government, you don't, you don't get that ever. No, that's true. Uh, so I wanted to talk about, since we sort of were we're trashing on Dennis Kucinich, calling him a communist, and he pretty much is, uh, he wants socialized health care and loves government schools and just on down the line. But it's, it's easy to label the Democrats as communists because they come right out. They come right out in front of your face and say they want bigger government. Mm-hmm. So I give them credit for being honest. Well, the Republicans want bigger government, too. That's where I wanted to go with this. It, but the difference between the Democrats and the Republicans typically, Ron Paul excluded, But the difference is that the Republicans will tell you, oh, yeah, smaller government, yeah, smaller government, elect me, and I'll make government smaller. And it's not happened. They've had all kinds of time since the mid-1990s to actually do the smaller government thing. Right. They didn't do it. It's a bunch of hooey. Government keeps getting bigger, even under the so-called Republican conservatives. And so John Stossel is weighing in from RealClearPolitics.com. The article, Big Government Conservatives. Reviving the Hamilton Agenda, that's the headline that the New York Times gave David Brooks' recent column honoring Alexander Hamilton, one of the founding fathers, the, the one uh, perhaps least interested in limiting political power. He was a centralist. He wanted to centralize a lot of things like the idea of uh, government in a lot of areas that many of the founding fathers did
2: not. Right, Even, but by today's standards, Alexander, Alexander Hamilton is a libertarian.
0: Unlike his rival Thomas Jefferson, Hamiltons favored strong central government and weaker states. I don't know if I agree with that statement, Mark. Uh as uh, your statement that is. And he didn't trust the free market. He was an old-fashioned mercantilist. He wanted politicians so labeling him as a libertarian I don't think is very fair.
2: I'm just saying uh, that uh he he couldn't have imagined how large the uh, how large, intrusive, dangerous the government would have grown to. He wanted pol- well, he's not here so we can't really determine that. Uh, well, I'd, what, sh- I'd shoot him again. I'm I'm all for Aaron Burr.
0: (laughs) He wanted politicians and bureaucrats to control private economic activities for the sake of special business interest, just like we have today. In the true Hamiltonian spirit, Brooks in the New York Times also doesn't trust the marketplace, which means that he doesn't trust free, peaceful individuals and private property. He writes, quote, we Hamiltonians disagree with the limited government conservatives because on its own, the market is failing to supply enough human capital, unquote.
2: No, no. the government being involved is what's causing the market to fail to provide enough human capital, because they're keeping out immigrants.
0: Now, David Brooks is a bright guy, so I wonder how he can blame the free market for failing in this way. He continues, quote, Despite all the incentives, 30% of kids drop out of high school, and the college graduation rate has been flat for a generation, end quote. And who's involved in both of those organizations? Right. The government. I wonder why. Look, kids don't drop out of private schools at those rates. Excuse me, says John, but why is that the market's fault? Government dominates education in America. Government. A K-12 education is a coercive, often rigidly unionized government virtual monopoly that fights every attempt to experiment with free market competition. Brooks writes that Hamiltonians like him, quote, think government should help people get the tools they need to compete, unquote. But when has government ever been good at that? He claims the state can, quote, increase the quality of human capital, unquote, by, for example, providing, quote, quality preschool to help young children right. from disorganized <laughs> homes. Right, because the government's
2: done such a good job with the current school system that 30% of the dropout... You know, you know what? If the government provides preschool, the the dropout rate will probably increase. They'll be dropping out of preschool. <laughs> they'll be Well, they, they'll drop out as soon as they can because... You know, they just, they don't want to be there. Government school
0: stinks. Yeah, it's really just a scary idea, the idea of putting kids, uh, your very, very young kids, I mean, it's bad enough putting them in K-12, through but putting them in pre-K, putting them in preschool, that's just only going to indoctrinate them with more socialism as early as possible. You know, the idea of, okay, kids, bring all your supplies and put them in the central pot and we'll determine how to distribute them. It's called sharing, except it's forced. See, there's a difference between sharing with somebody because you like them, or because you feel bad for them, or whatever, and then being forced to by some authoritarian teacher with a well, ruler in her hand. I hands. think
2: you should. I think you should force quote-unquote kids to share. Why? Why do I? That think-
0: doesn't teach them about sharing. That's, um,
2: that, that's what you have to do to kids to teach them originally.
0: Uh, no, that, I don't think that's the case. I think, you I think you can teach a kid the benefit of sharing without forcing them to share with people. That's not sharing when you're forced to share, Mark. You're, you're, you're bastardizing your lesson by
2: doing that. Um, the point that I'm trying to make here is you're forcing the parents to share because the kids didn't buy their crayons mm-hmm. and rulers and markers and all those other things. Yeah, but the kids don't see it that way. They're in preschool. I understand, but I'm just saying that you're forcing the parents to share, whereas the kids, you know, you've you've got to teach them sharing, and, and parents generally teach their kids sharing by forcing them to share. Okay, now you're going to take your ball away and give it to Johnny, because we're going to learn to share this ball. Yeah, I don't want to. I
0: said you're going to take the ball away and give it to Johnny. You're telling me that as a parent, you can't come up with a more creative way to sell the benefits of sharing. Like, hey, if you you give this ball to Johnny for a little while, when he brings his Transformers over tomorrow, he might just let you use one of his Transformers. I don't think kids have a strong concept of tomorrow. 800-259-9231. If uh, you are a parent, we're both not parents. We can't really comment too effectively on this. If you're a parent who is able to teach your kids about sharing without using coercive force on them, we would like to hear from you. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online. FreeTalkLive.com the place to go. Lots of features there. They're all for free. And one of those features is the bulletin board system. We're approaching 250,000 posts. There are over 1,500 people interacting. Lots of fun, I, I believe you will find it. And, of course, it is for free, so you can explore it to your heart's content. bbs.freetalklive.com. To get you there, that's BBS. Dot free talk dot com. Now, Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org. In the midst of John Stossel on big government conservatives, those who are... Really fans of Alexander Hamilton, who was one of the uh, the founding father, who was, as Stossel puts it, perhaps least interested in limiting political power. He favored strong central government and weaker states. One of, uh, let's see, somebody named David Brooks, writing in the New York Times, talking about reviving the Hamilton agenda. He claims the state can do all kinds of things that it's not doing that it should do. It can, for instance, uh, provide quality preschool to help young children from disorganized homes, unquote. Stossel says, really? What's the chance that it would be quality preschool if the government runs it? Even the acclaimed Head Start program has not been shown to have any lasting effect on academic performance. Why does Brooks think the government is competent to, quote, help people compete, unquote? He writes that liberals' programs haven't worked out, but then proposes his own. When I challenged him on that, he said his ideas are in a different category, and argued that some intervention is effective and necessary. Oh, please. When I asked Brooks why a government that performed as ineptly as FEMA did after Hurricane Katrina, you remember the whole debacle of them, oh, not allowing people to have water, not allowing Walmart to come in with trucks full of ice and water, uh, preventing doctors from actually helping the patients that were right there, begging for assistance, etc. I mean, we read story after story of just sad, pathetic boondoggles resulting in people's imminent deaths. He says, uh, some lives are so screwed up. Why, he's, the question was why would they be so lousy at doing the Hurricane Katrina cleanup, uh, versus running preschools? He says, some lives are so screwed up, it's hard to make them worse, unquote. Government coercion almost always makes things worse. It discourages individual effort and sucks capital away from more productive uses. Brooks, like a good Hamiltonian, favors coercive government micromanagement. He says, quote, bigger child tax credits and increasing the earned income tax credit can reduce the economic strain on young families. Government should increase funding for basic research, especially in math, engineering, and physics, The list could go on, unquote. Stossel says, that's what I'm afraid of. Government will choose which basic research to fund. Does he recall the 1970s synthetic fuels program or the 1990s superconducting supercollider boondoggle? Child tax credits? Just cut taxes for everybody. Brooks even advocates national service, quote, forcing city kids to work with rural kids and vice versa, unquote. It all sounds so nice on the surface. It doesn't but, sound nice to me.
2: But what you're taking, uh, well, if it worked, it would be. It sounds nice, but it doesn't. It never works. Never, never, never. There's not a government program out there that's worked. Not one that I can think of. Well,
0: now, somebody could say that uh, spending time in the military worked for them and helped turn them into a real man, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Uh, understood, but um, they would likely, if they're the, if they have what it takes in
2: order to be a real man, they would likely have learned that elsewhere.
0: By the way, I saw I was sitting in the uh, movie theater today, waiting for Die Hard Four to start, and they've got those uh, advertisements that flash up. There were some mm-hmm. there for the National Guard, and one of them I found particularly telling. It had a couple of you know two or three guard members sort of standing with their uniforms on, looking all special, mm-hmm. and the the tag at the bottom of the uh, of the ad was. Would you like to know what it feels like to be looked up to? And then they give the number Mm. that you should call. And it really just reveals their advertising campaign for what it's all about. And, uh, you know, the idea is that, well, all you have to do is join the National Guard or join the military and uh, put on a uniform and go through basic training. And all of a sudden you've earned respect. Mm. That's all it takes to get respect in the world is to put on a uniform. And I'm sorry, that's not the case. I don't look up to people that do that. I look up to people that provide products and services to others on a voluntary basis. Those are the real heroes in America. Anyway, uh, Brooks even advocates national service. Why are pundits and politicians so uh, eager to use force against others? America became an economic power despite, not because of, Hamiltonian intervention. Hong Kong and much of East Asia went from abject poverty to affluence in a few decades. Not because their governments gave people the tools they need to compete. They didn't but because they exercised limited powers. I wish Brooks and other Hamiltonian conservatives understood that freedom and prosperity have nothing to do with bureaucrats managing society through schooling and tax manipulation. Prosperity comes from leaving people free in a legal system that respects their persons and property so they can pursue their dreams while taking responsibility for their actions. Free people find their own tools if the state leaves them alone. They absolutely do. In the era of big
2: government... The well, you know, the, the thing is, most free people will find their um, own way if the government leaves them alone. Some people will always be the deadbeats, the ne'er-do-wells, the ones that just don't do very well. True, I'm but there won't be as many of them. I, I, because I, the government encourages deadbeats. Right, I think that people will be motivated. Um, you know, they'll be motivated by hunger. They'll be motivated yes. by their family members. They'll be motivated by all the forces that are at work when it
0: comes to... Uh, you know, getting things done. And when they go looking for help, if they do have a tough time in life, mm-hmm. they'll be motivated by the fact that they're getting help from a voluntary organization, a charity of some sort, mm-hmm. that's going to keep an eye on them. Right. And, and, the date.
2: and will likely not just get, cut them a check every single month for the rest of their lives. There's no charity out there that's going to do right. that.
0: You're not going to get away with spending that check. You can spend the first one on crack, but the next one, it's just not going to work. Yeah, the, the,
2: the charity is probably in, in all likelihood going to you know, help you out for the first month, two months, quarter, something like that, it's not going to help you out for the rest of your life. Now, if you've, if you've got kids or you know, you're pregnant or something like that, you might be able to get a year out of them. They'll help you if you're showing too. progress, but you have to progress. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at uh, the Salvation Army. They're an excellent, excellent example of a, a private charity that does so much for so many people, but um, if you don't take their little classes on how to get a job and how to have a home, and mm-hmm. how to do the, all these things. They're Back on the street. Yeah, they're, they're going to kick you out at some
0: point. He says, in the era of big government, the last thing we need are champions of the statist Hamilton. What we need now are champions of the libertarian Jefferson, who said in a very un-Hamiltonian way, quote, I would rather be exposed to the inconveniences attending too much liberty than to those attending too small a degree of it, unquote. And that just basically means that, you know, life is tough. And, and there are going to be troubles. There are oh. going to be tough spots. But to think that this... As far as I'm concerned, life's tougher with big government than it is with yeah. a, a little one. That's what I'm saying. To, to think that having this coercive organization known as the state out there, confiscating your money from you is going to make things better? What? Or confiscating someone else's money. Well, okay, That's everybody lot gets want. taxed. But everybody gets taxed, mm-hmm. Mark. And the poor and the middle class get taxed disproportionately. I mean, yes, the, the rich are paying a lot in income tax, but there are other ways where the poor and the uh, the middle class are just getting jacked. And uh, inflation is a big one, as Ron Paul has rightfully pointed out during his campaign. But I'll tell you, um,
2: there's a lot of people in the the middle class uh, area that simply don't want to deal with the government, even when the safety net comes into play. For instance, I lost my job once. Yeah. Uh, I paid... Uh, I've paid unemployment insurance every paycheck I've ever paid for as long as I've had a job. That's a lot of paychecks and a lot of unemployment insurance I've paid. But you didn't collect. I, I didn't collect because... It, to me, it was daunting, and I just didn't want to do it. I didn't want to deal with the government. It seemed like too difficult of a thing to be involved I'm with you. in. I'm I'm exactly the same I'm way. I'm just not interested in whatever paperwork or whatever hoops I have to jump through. You be there. You become their bitch when I'd you rather, want that I'd stuff. I'd rather scrimp and save, and I managed to do it. And I, I, you know, I went out and got a job. I drove a taxi cab. It's not like that's a you know real prestigious uh, line of work. No, you know, I could have sat back and said, you know, I'm I'm worth more than taxi cab. I'm me a check. A, I'm a highly trained advertising executive and uh, on-air personality. I'll just go ahead and get my check here for $1,700 or whatever it was a month they were offering.
5: I wouldn't be I'd able drove to... A cab.
2: Thanks.
0: I don't know if I'd be able to sleep at night if I were taking money from the government in that way. It's kind of scummy. In my opinion.
2: It's not for me. I mean, I, I at the same time, I would encourage anyone out there to get um, unemployment if they're having trouble ends meeting, um, meeting meeting ends. But i it's just not for me. I just don't
0: want to do it. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. One of our listeners has been threatened by the feds for supporting Ed Brown. We'll give you the story coming up. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll free. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll free line for you. That's one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. It's Ian here with you and Mark. You can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. All the features on our site, we give them away, that we do ask you voluntarily support the show by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier. Over three hundred and seventy five of our listeners have decided to do this. It costs as little as three bucks a month, and it's totally voluntary. You know, we give away all our features on our website for free, so this is above and beyond all that. It's for those of you that want to help get the show on more radio stations, want to help get more internet listeners on board, and there. Thereby spread the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide as possible. The fact is, the AMP program works. Um, it's because of the AMP program that we're able to have half-page advertisements appear in Talkers Magazine. Mm-hmm. If if it weren't for the amplifiers, we just wouldn't be able to afford that, it's and just likely a fact.
2: wouldn't have the uh, the stations that we have now. I
0: that's easily. absolutely the case. No doubt about it. And hopefully we're going to be announcing at least one, if not two more stations within the next uh, few weeks, too, uh, which I'm pretty excited about. So uh, head over How come to, I'm not in the loop on this? Graph? Head over to amp.freetalklive.com to learn more the, about the program. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. So the idea is you send us the 3 bucks a month, we turn it around into promoting Free Talk Live. Get all the details and learn about the perks that you'll get access to at amp.freetalklive.com. That is amp.freetalklive.com. You know, I was just sort of looking over this John Stossel article, even though we already finished reading it during the break. And, you know, the idea of these big government conservatives is what he's talking about. Uh, David Brooks writing in The New York Times, just extolling Alexander Hamilton, who, of course, as you may know, was a major proponent of centralization and big government and bureaucratic control. And he's got all these ideas as to where he wants government to uh, to be working in Mm -hmm. you know democrats have their set of ideas they want government to do this and this and this well these big government conservatives want government to do x y and z and you know what okay great you should have the government that you want david you should you should have it go ahead you fund dump all your money into the government let them decide what to do with it as long as i can just stay over here and not be touched by them how about that How about all those of you who want a big old government? You can go ahead and have your big government. And those of us that aren't interested at all in participating, we should be able to opt out, right? Oh, no, it doesn't work that way, does it? See, this big government requires everyone to participate. Mm -hmm. The big government's going to point guns at you whether you like it or not. And when I say point guns at you, I mean threats of violence. They don't bring out the guns first. They send you nasty letters first. That sort of thing. Yeah. Well, um, Ed Brown doesn't want to uh, pay his taxes. Ask him if they're pointing guns at him. Yeah. Well, they they will be. Um, they they've certainly surrounded his house. Ed Brown, Lane Brown, in Plainfield, New Hampshire. They're in a uh, I think a hundred something acre. Plot of land. They've got their beautiful, I think, two-story home there. Mm-hmm. Two or three stories, something like that. It's a compound. And they're, they're, they're being labeled as kooks. They're being labeled as uh, as holed up in a concrete fortified compound uh, with a turret. It's the house, made, the the house made out of uh, concrete blocks. Come on. Yeah, it's just a home. And they're just a nice old couple. And yes, while Ed's views may be a little on the kooky side as far as he believes in the Illuminati conspiracy and all that stuff, the fact is, and the issue is... Uh, the issue is taxes, and the fact is Ed should be able, and Elaine should be able to keep the money they earn and spend it, save it, and give it away in the ways they think are best. Anything outside of that, any amount of uh, confiscation of their wealth is an amount of slavery that they live under. And Ed and Elaine Brown have simply walked off the farm, the plantation, and they've said, you know what, we've had it. Mm-hmm. We're not paying for, uh, we're not paying massa anymore. Right. We're going to They keep own their our land. Money. They
2: produce their own power. They... Uh, They 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 don't take subsidies. They have their own well water. Look, they're doing just fine up there without any government intervention at all. Right. What the hell business does the government have going in there and dragging
0: them out? Well, it it wants to make an example out of it. I know. That's what you would want to do with somebody who's gone off the plantation. But what's interesting, though, is because that, because they're not able to take action without being seen like they were in the early 1990s. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the Ruby Ridge and the Waco. Yeah, there were a lot of cameras at Waco. That's because it took a long time. If they were to have made right, a... Right, and now they realize they made a mistake. They thought they were, you know, it's a show of
2: force yeah. and all that other good crap. Well, but, the government... But,
0: uh, the government is great at making mistakes. Thank goodness for us. I mean, that's good for our side, right? The government is bumbling and incompetent and stupid. I'm, I'm sure the Koreshians don't, don't think it was that great. And in this, well, obviously, I'm talking about the, the scale of things. Yes. Um, in this case, if the government had just ignored Ed Brown, if they'd let him go away and just sort of live his life in fields and you know only talk to the, the few people that he comes across in his daily daily activities, mm-hmm. it would have done a lot less to damage their reputation. But because they had to have their show of force, because they had to huff and puff and blow his house in and uh, show how big and strong and scary they are, well, things have backfired a little bit on them, haven't they? Because they haven't been able to roll the tanks in and take Ed Brown captive, considering Ed Brown has said he's going to shoot back at anybody that comes and tries to take him to a jail cell... Because they haven't done that yet and they've sort of been sitting back uh, trying to figure out what exactly to do and they've been saying to the press that they're not going to use violence to take Ed Brown and it's now been over six months, uh, maybe like nine months, since Ed was was actually convicted. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. He's been holed up there for a while. The government is becoming – its it's starting to look impotent. The government is starting to look not as scary as it once did. And I, I don't mean that's like a, there's been a significant change. It's just starting to. The people that are paying attention are sort of saying, huh, maybe if Ed Brown can survive through this onslaught of the federal government, maybe I can too. And people are getting ideas. Ed Brown standing up for, uh, for the, the right to keep the money you earn is only going to encourage others to do the very same thing. And the government not taking any action is also going to encourage others to do the same as Ed. Now, of course, the government taking action also puts them in a bad way. The government going in and, you know, busting down the walls of Ed's house with a battering ram or a tank or whatever. Right. Ed Brown, a, a man who's never hurt anyone. Right. It's just going to make the government look tyrannical and awful. So, you know, what? what do they do? They either look tyrannical, dangerous and scary and awful, or they look impotent. They're in, a, they're in a no-win situation, mm-hmm. and good for Ed Brown for putting them there. Now, that doesn't mean their blustering's going to stop. They're, they're still huffing and puffing no, and no, trying they, to be scary. No, no, they, they want to win. Right, they want to appear scary, but at the same time, they don't want to appear too tyrannical. See, they've got an image to uphold. Mm-hmm. See, the scam with government is that they're the gang that has an aura of legitimacy. They're a gang just like any other gang, except they're bigger than any other gang. And they've been accepted by... By the American people and people around the world, people have accepted governments because they believe they have some modicum of control over it. And that may be true to a very, very small extent. Of course, the, those who want to control others are inevitably those who run for office and get elected. Uh, but nonetheless, the concept is there. The people have been fooled into believing that uh, the government is not quite a gang because you can go into a little booth and check some boxes on a piece of paper. Really, that's one of the only things that separates government from any other gang. So you've got this gang running around doing awful things to people, but they've done a pretty good job of keeping it quiet, right? Oh, well, he was a drug dealer. Or he was, uh, you know, bad guy or whatever. You know, they they got their excuses for uh, for using force on people. <laughs> right, they use bad. They 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 put
2: bad press about um out about their uh, their victims, whether you know right. it's true or not. The guy might be a very well be a drug dealer, but so what if he's providing a service to somebody who wanted it?
0: And they control the education system, and so most people are sort of educated ignorant in regards to the government, and they're not just re- they're just really not even paying attention to mm-hmm. what the government's doing. But the more they continue to make noise about Ed Brown, the more people are going to pay attention. The more CNN articles and ABC News articles are going to be published about Ed Brown. And uh, and that's a good thing. And the more people are going to rally to his defense. Now, one of the ways they've been huffing and puffing and trying to make themselves look tough is by threatening the supporters of Ed Brown. The the chief marshal that's in charge of the investigation or the apprehension of Ed Brown has come out and said more than once that if somebody is found to be in support of Ed Brown in some sort of material way, right. like bringing in ammo, for instance. If somebody's been found to be in support of Ed Brown, they will be arrested, they will be charged. No one has yet been arrested and charged, What about I the understand. person that was walking the dog? He was detained, questioned, and released. I see. And there are allegations that that guy was sort of a Fed informant anyway, and the detention was a way to sort of get him out of the house. But nonetheless... One of our people. Well, has there's been, been some threatened. allegations about other Fed informants that we uh, we believe likely are not true. So one of our people has been threatened now. Michael Hampton from Homeland Stupidity. Us. He's our guy behind the scenes the, on our website, mm-hmm. uh, Homeland Stupidity. We had him on the show for the weekend. According to his blog at Homeland Stupidity. an anonymous Justice Department source. Now, how does he know it's from the Justice Department? Because he traced the IP address. He knows who. He knows where it came from. He doesn't know who it was. He posted this, or he sent this to apparently an email to, uh, to Michael. Quote, anyone who's going to carry out plans killing officers, agents, and government persons after Ed is arrested is in way over their head, said the message, which was routed through a proxy server in a failed attempt to obscure its source. Quote, if you continue to pursue these threats, you along with several of your fellow Ed supporters are going to jail. Ed is a convicted felon, and several more are going to be rounded up in their stupidity. Unquote. Now, Michael Hampton has never threatened anyone. Never. So, I'm not sure what threats this guy is referring to, but it seems to me the only person making threats is the federal agent. Mm. And it's just kinda chilling, isn't it? It's kinda, kinda scary. Like, they're threatening to round people up over this Ed Brown situation. Now, talk is cheap. Will they do it? We don't know. We'll find out, I guess. Hour three's on the way. You can take control. It's free talk live. Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves, toll free at 800-259-9231 as we launch into our number three of the program. It's Ian here with you. And Mark, that number again is 1-800-259-9231 and it is the SACL CAI toll free line for you. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on our site are totally free, so enjoy those on us at, again, freetalklive.com. Coming up here in moments, Mark, you're going to tell us about a bomb squad that was called out for a funny package. We'll tell you what was in it. But first, to New York State, where according to Macworld of all places, uh, the Lower Hudson Online also reported that both the New York Assembly, I presume that's their House of Representatives, and the New York Senate agreed on a bill Thursday that would essentially make it a felony to sell video games to minors. Uh, any video game well those that fall under the game's minimum age requirements so if you were a to sell a felony if you were Is to sell a,
2: a felony sh- to sell a playboy to a uh, uh, somebody who's underage great question
0: i don't know the answer if you do eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. but it's a, going to be a felony presuming the governor signs this which i mean they're apparently it's expected by most observers that he will sign it into law they are the empire state after all so it would make sense as GamePro reported in late May, the bill originally passed through the Assembly with ease and only awaited a similar approval from the Senate. They agreed on Thursday, the very last day of the legislative session. "Quote: We were all always on the same page. Or dictate? Or excuse me, uh, not dictating. <laughs> That's the." Truth, of course, but we're always on the same page in protecting children. We just had to come up with ways to compromise," said a Democratic assemblyman who co-chaired the joint conference committee. In addition to the measure that would make the illegal sale of violent or indecent games into a felony, the bill also calls for all consoles to be equipped with some form of parental control device that would limit access of such games to underage children. Additionally, New York retailers would have to label potentially offensive games under state guidelines, and a committee would be established to study inappropriate video games in general. So New York really taking the ball and running ahead with it. There was a, there was an effort in Illinois not too long ago that was sort of shot down, I think, by the, uh, the state court, as I recall. And I may not be recalling correctly, but it didn't really get anywhere. They tried to restrict violent video games in Illinois, but it, they weren't very successful with it. So now New York sounds like they're going to go all out, not only making it a felony to sell these games, but also mandating that any game consoles sold in the state have to have some sort of parental control option to uh, lock out mature games and that sort of thing.
2: Well, you know, New York isn't exactly the largest state in the union. uh, It's one of the top four. Um, Landmass-wise. It's not that far to go over to, say, Vermont, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, Connecticut, a variety of other abutting states, and... Buy your console there. Yeah, that's true.
0: Uh, obviously, it's going to be a bummer for anybody yeah, in the video game saying, business. What's the point? They're just running people out of business in New York. Do you think that? Um, do you think that Sony and Nintendo and all these other providers are going to implement this uh, restriction chip just to get sales in New York? I would think they would. So they're going to have to increase the cost to everyone then. I mean, I don't know how much the cost will increase. It might just be a little bit of software programming. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, they're going to have to increase everyone's costs in order to... What if to, Jack Thompson's going to move to New York?
2: Mm, I don't you know, know. It's he lives paradise in, now, right? Yeah, he lives
0: in Miami, I think, but, uh, Jack you know. Thompson. So Sometimes what you a, have to make sacrifices for things you believe in. What a mess. Uh, and then they're going to have a committee established to study inappropriate video games in general. I wonder how much the uh, people on that committee will be getting paid to study inappropriate video games. Sounds like a pretty sweet job. I mean, you've heard of tester? You've heard of video game tester as a job? Like, you can actually get this job where you go and you find bugs in mm-hmm. video games and you report them to the company and they fix the bugs and then they release their final product down the line. But imagine if you could actually get paid to just study inappropriate video games. You don't get to you don't have to test all the games, like the you know the kids games. You get to study the good ones. You get mm-hmm. to study Grand Theft Auto and study, you know, Hitman and mm-hmm. study Doom 3 and all these, you know, violent video games or any game with sexual content. You can study them and get a, a paycheck from the government at the same time. Pretty sweet deal. Mm, nice. Uh, so that's all going on right now and then there's the whole uh, New York labeling system. So, apparently, the voluntary video game rating system that's been in place...
2: ESRP, is that what that's called?
0: ESRB, I believe. Electronic Software Ratings Board. Apparently, the ESRB rating system that's been in place since the mid 1990s, so now well over a decade, is coming up. Not good enough. Yeah. Apparently, that's just not good enough. Which, by the way, it's fairly detailed actually. If you look at the front of a video game box, you get the little. You look in the bottom left or right corner, and there's usually the teen logo or the mature logo. M. Right. And it'll tell you right beneath it what it stands for: teen or mature. Then you can flip the box over. And there's a little bit more information on the back. Right. Like, you know, what kind of violence? Is it animated violence? Is it simulated Somebody violence? Somebody says a bad word. Is it realistic violence? Does it have profanity? The sexual content. Is it innuendo? Is it actual sex? Is it just a little bit of nudity? I mean, they're, they're, those details are right there on the back side of the box. Not good enough for New York State. they got to have it their own way. They've got to have their own state rating system on top of everything else. You know, if I were Nintendo or uh, or Sony, I would just tell New York, you know what? guess we won't be selling consoles in your state anymore and then how's that going to work with uh, how's that going to work with mail order companies as well are people in New York for instance you can go and get video games for through, I wouldn't think so you're not buying it in the state through amazon.freetalklive.com what are they going to require that you have a label slapped on it if it's delivered in New York state who knows I mean they're already trying to tell these video game co- companies how they, how should they sh- uh, how they should program their consoles? I wouldn't put it past them to try to tell online retailers uh, how their products should be sold within the the boundaries of New York. There certainly have been instances, for instance with cigarette comp or with uh, with states that have uh, really restrictive rules on cigarettes trying to collect taxes from those who are buying them Through the on, internet. in fact I think New York was one of them. So the city of New York uh, New York City Good luck with that. was trying to get retroactive taxes paid from those that had purchased cigarettes online. I wonder um, how much the people that were being pa- were being
2: paid that were trying to collect those taxes they're never going to collect. That's a good question. It's just a bunch of big waste of taxpayer money.
0: 800-259-9231. You can comment on that or whatever's on your mind. Also, an update on the Gennaro Wilson case in a few moments. The uh, young man in Atlanta or in Georgia that is sitting in jail, rotting away as, uh, well, we'll give you that here in a few moments. It's a sex case. But first, to Dave in New Hampshire, you're on Free Talk Live. Dave, hello there. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind?
8: Well, I have a, a happy uh, piece of uh, information to relay. Great. Uh, appara- apparently, the Free Stators are just on the very early cusp of this. I don't know if it'll fully develop or not, but it looks like the Free staters we have our first political cartoonist.
0: Really? Mm. Who's this?
8: His name is Dale. B- well, I don't actually know what his real name is. His name on the NH3.com forum is Dale Bert.
0: Oh, yeah, Dale. Yeah, we uh, we met him at the uh, the Pork Fest over the weekend. He's one of our listeners.
8: Oh, okay, good. That's even better. But uh yeah, he po- he showed us his I guess he's a little on the humble side, didn't think he was ready to do anything, but he he posted uh uh his first I guess apolitical political cartoons that he had uh uh done and I think it's pretty good. i have been, you know, kind of trolling around looking to see if we had any artists in the in the group that could like take ideas from other people. Maybe mm-hmm. they wouldn't have enough ideas themselves to do mm-hmm. a lot of political cartoons. But with this whole group that we've got you know, between you know there's a ten or twenty of us that might be interested in that. You get a lot of ideas for political cartoons.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we may not I'm be able to he'll
8: crank he'll crank out some more.
0: You may not be one. able to uh to actually do the artwork, but certainly coming up with the uh, the concepts and the ideas are something that you you might be able to handle. Now, where would one go to see this artwork, Dave?
8: Uh go to the nhfree.com dot com thread, which is under uh I'm not really sure which category it is. Is it under- even
0: something that now obviously describing cartoons is a difficult thing to do. It's not as funny when you're describing the cartoon, but is it worth describing?
8: Yeah, it's I can, I can describe it. It's like a Ron Paul cartoon. And uh I guess it's not New Hampshire centric, but it, what what he's got is he's got all these different uh he's got animals basically. He's got these three animals standing at the podiums and there's one animal standing off to the side and the three animals at the podiums or Giuliani McCain and whatever that other guy's name is, mm-hmm.
5: <laughs> and,
8: and they've, they've, they're all—they're animals. They're—they're—they're they're, they're rhinoceroses, of course.
2: Mm-hmm. Rhinos.
8: And then there's Ron Paul, and he's a real elephant. Mm. <laughs> and so it says, "How long can they ignore the elephant in the
0: room?" That's, that's cute. Really, pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's and very it,
8: subtle. It's not drop dead laughing
5: but it's very subtle. I well, like
0: there's that. only so many there's only so many laughs you can get out of politics and I think I think people get the innuendo so therefore yeah. it, it it's good. I hope that uh, I am pretty sure he, I I think you should approach Cat over at the Keen Free Press and see if they'll uh, be interested in publishing him. I bet they would. Thanks for the call, Dave. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. The latest on the Gennaro Wilson case. It's not good news. And also the mysterious package that a bomb squad was called to investigate. We'll find out what was inside and we'll take your calls about whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online. FreeTalkLive.com, the place to go, all the features there. We give them away. And some of those features include the wiki, over 1,350 pages created by listeners just like you. Wiki.freetalklive.com get you to it. It's like the listener editable version of our website, W-I-K-I, that's wiki.freetalklive.com. And are you prepared for the day the dollar drops to zero? D2Z.org proposes that day is near. Go to D2Z.org and learn how to survive and thrive during the U.S. dollar crisis. That's d 2 z .org. As we go to the phones, to David in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hey, David.
5: Yo, long live free talk. What's How happening? you guys? Oh,
0: nice. Hey, man, We're hey, pretty
5: good. What's up? I don't think New York really cares about the kids. They just want to jump on the money train that this, uh, the games are generating.
0: Wait now, how are that? Now wait, you're jumping back to an article we started the hour with about how New York State is going to require new labeling for video games. They're going to make it a felony for anybody to sell a game to a minor. That's uh, that's you above a certain that,
5: level. Go you ahead. know that they're going to want more tax money to implement this somehow. So they're going to have to increase the taxes somehow. It's that they don't really care about the kids. If, they, if this, New
2: York has its own rating standard, then likely you know somebody's going to have to give that rating standard. That person will be paid right, by the government. More
5: bureaucracy, yeah. more people they got to yeah. see. And then they're going to do it real cheap, and they're going to pocket the money for the general fund. It's just you know, because the money, the games are, you know, there's no end to this. This thing is going to grow into a, a trillion-dollar uh, uh Industry.
0: Yeah, gaming is incredibly uh, lucrative. Right. I'm ashamed that they no came up with this it. and we there's, didn't.
5: This thing is going to just go into the trillions, and, and you watch. Each state is going to figure out, how, because government does nothing, that they don't get money out of it or mm-hmm. control the people out of it. They don't want to control the kids what they're watching, because they'd be doing a lot of other stuff, because kids have access to a lot of stuff. This is only a way they can make money.
0: That's a good point, David. Thank you for the call. We appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. 259 9231 I sort of touched on that. I sort of pointed out that they're creating this, I guess, board that's going to review violent video games or something like that. And that sounds like a new bureaucracy to me. So, will they expand that board? Inevitably, they probably will. Will, they will its uh, will its powers grow? Probably, and which means they'll well, now they're going to gonna
2: have to have their own uh, rating system for every movie that comes through town too. I would imagine. Oh, wouldn't that be incredible? That would be just unprecedented. The movies
0: are they're, they're warping kids' minds. Eight hundred two hood and all, you know. It's really not a big jump, Mark. You're right. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one, uh the SACL C A I toll free line to Tom in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live, Tom.
9: Uh, yeah, I was just thinking, you know it would make things a little more helpful for these free staters who are aspiring to move to New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Like when you tell them that you you've got this radio program out of Keene new hampshire it's kind of like a genealogist telling somebody about their ancestor came over from a certain town in ireland Mm -hmm. but you know there's ten counties in new hampshire that's true And it's pretty easy to memorize the map of the ten counties kind of like once you tell them what county in ireland they came over on. only instead of talking about the old country you're talking about the new country and so, if you tell people that you're running this program out of Keene, which is in Cheshire County, mm-hmm. if you tell them that the, the, uh, the Browns are holed up in Plainfield in Sullivan County, you know, and, and it's like that, then people have an idea where in New Hampshire it is. Oh, I don't they, they,
2: think. I, I, look, I lived 35, uh, 36 years in Florida, and I had no idea which county was where in New Hampshire. I can yeah. agree you that. There's only 10. And I, they're I, moving. I, I didn't New know Hampshire. any of them. <laughs>
9: moving to new hampshire so Amen. i think by by having you know it's easy enough to mem- to learn that where the counties are and i mean they're going to be moving here so that's how to do it to help them learn where these things are so you know, that's of, not it, my, it's my responsibility
0: my i'm not a teacher but tom thank you for the suggestion and thank you for the call 800 <laughs> 259 you know get a map Go to Google Maps and look up, you can figure out where your counties are that way. I don't I don't know what towns are in what county. I didn't know Plainfield was in Sullivan County. I don't I know the state know that, that well. That, no. I didn't even know uh in Florida, you know, I didn't know what some of the town names were on the East Coast. I mean, how can you know all this stuff? I'm not a ge- geography major or anything <laughs> like that. Anyway, uh, thanks for the suggestion. Let's continue with the calls. It's Elmer listening on WJML, Traverse City, Petoskey. Hey Elmer,
10: Hey, how are you, gentlemen, doing tonight?
0: Hey, good, sir. Great hey. hearing from you. What's on your mind?
10: Hey, it's good, man. Hey, you're a new Philly up here, you know? So, no, the cigarette tax in New York.
0: The cigarette tax.
10: That, well, you were talking about people buying cigarettes across the state line. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, you know, and I, I, I guess I have to agree with you, you know, as far as taxing people, because I've had some people here in the state of Michigan. I have a gentleman that I know of that bought cigarettes because Michigan is one of the top Cigarette taxes in the country, mm-hmm. and he's getting smoked for twenty thousand dollars
0: he's getting wedded
10: for twenty thousand he's getting smoked. the state of Michigan is you know making him pay all the back taxes you know for buying cigarettes down in the uh ohio indiana area where
0: how the did they how up. did they root him out? How did they figure that out
10: Well, apparently, from what I understand <clears throat> is they I think the feds are in on it is they are, after these cigarette dealers, mm-hmm. and they're forcing them probably through a FOIA act.
0: Freedom of uh, information, gotcha.
10: Yeah, that's right. A revealing of where people are buying you know, their customers where they are well, from Well, that's
0: not how Freedom of Information works. It's not Freedom of Information for the government to get your records. It's supposed to be that uh, you can get the government's records through the Freedom of Information Act. So that's mm-hmm. not uh, that's not what FOIA does. But I mean, government can just make a phone call and threaten somebody, you know, that's all they need to do. But, well, but if you it don't... does
10: it does puzzle me is how are they getting the information?
0: Well, I know because, because, in the New I mean, York our, case our
10: society we're being overtaxed as it is and you know, it, we're, people are being forced to seek out What they can afford, right? Absolutely. And it's kind of wrong that our states and our country are attacking us for looking for a more affordable way of how we can live. But yet, if you look at the taxes that these states are doing to us, it's money in their coffers.
0: Yeah, it absolutely is. Now, if I'm recalling correctly, I believe the New York State story that I mentioned earlier mm-hmm. involved an Internet cigarette company that had gone out of business. Oh, well,
10: yeah, and that's, s- how, that's how this gentleman done it, too. Buy him over the Internet.
0: Right, but the, the company had gone out of business, and somehow New York uh, State had gotten wind of that and managed to acquire their records through whatever threats they employed, and then they went after every single one of the people that was in their records within the city of New York and and tried to get those back taxes. Now, so this guy is currently in a battle over this. Is he refusing to pay? Is he taking him to court? Do you know anything no, about
10: it? No, he's, he's not fighting it. He's not the only one in the state of Michigan, though. The he's going to pay Michigan, them?
0: Huh? He's going to pay them $20,000? Uh,
10: apparently so, yes. God. In your book, but but does it puzzle you? Okay, you know, like I say, you know, I thought maybe it was a FOIA thing, but it does puzzle me is who are, who are these you know little people in the background that have got this much time to invade our privacy. Well, they're
0: bureaucrats. They get paid to invade our privacy. They get paid to make phone calls and make threats to people. And most people, they don't understand how to handle them. They don't understand that asking questions is very powerful. And, Elmer, great call. Thank you for making it. 800-259-9231. They don't know how to handle the bureaucrats when they call, so they just flip right over and give them the information they're asking for or demanding, and then we all suffer as a result of that. More on the way. You take control. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free. Bring up anything at 800-259-9231 the SACL-CAI toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark, join us online. FreeTalkLive.com is the place to go. All the features for free. Now you want to uh, be kept up to date with the show, head over to updates.freetalklive.com and we will clue you in whenever there's something new to announce about Free Talk Live. Get on the list at updates.freetalklive.com. Let's talk about the mysterious package, Mark. You've got a story. I'm not sure what city it's out of, but the bomb squad was called out to investigate.
2: Yeah, I really wish this one was out of Boston. It'd be really (laughs) great. It's not. Bomb squad called to investigate mysterious green suitcase from KSL News. Salt Lake City. Yes. Okay. A suspicious package forced police to shut down several blocks of downtown Salt Lake this afternoon. Police received a call just before noon that was... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that there were, uh, that there was an un- unattended green suitcase outside Carl's Jr., I guess it's a fast food restaurant out there, um, on State Street. What, what, I'm not taking any chances. Of course not. Police evacuated the restaurant and shut down a two-square block area. Jeez. The bomb squad was called in, used a robotic device to detonate the suitcase. Turns out the case contained a trumpet, or what used to be a trumpet. The streets okay. were reopened at about can, 2 this afternoon.
0: Can somebody who knows a thing or two about bomb squads explain to me why they blow up suspicious packages? <laughs> I don't know why they do it, but I...
2: You know, you see a suitcase? I don't know. Who decides that something's suspicious? If I call It's I, apparently here's a, here's a suitcase out here. You, you know, can't I call suspicious on anything? There's a suspicious street light out here. There's a suspicious plant here. I, I, mean, I can't. I mean, this is a suspicious bench. I see a suspicious bum. I mean, this could, bench wasn't here could yesterday. Could anything be a bomb? Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, don't you? There's all kinds of things out there. That Boy, could can be you imagine what would happen? A if, bomb.
0: Can you imagine what would happen if like a UPS truck had uh, you know, tipped over or something and packages spilled out everywhere? Whoa! We've got a whole bunch of suspicious packages. We just need <laughs> to blow the whole thing up.
2: It's just, just absurd. don't know.
0: I mean, it's not like there was anything. I mean, there what wasn't what a, happens
2: if people go around leaving boxes sitting around? Can we really shut down an entire city for weeks on end because we're leaving boxes everywhere? Well,
0: do you remember the story from last year about the uh, the teenage girls for like an art project or whatever? I forget the reason they did this, but they went around and they hung these Mario boxes from the trees in the on the main street of their town. And it was some sort of project or something they were doing for whatever the reason was. Uh, it was an artsy thing or whatever, and uh, and they got in trouble for that. It was that same concept of oh, there's strange boxes hanging from the trees. We need the what is a Mario right box? Out here. You said there's a Mario box. Like you know that when you're in Mario and uh, you play no. and you jump and there's the little question boxes. You no. hit them. You never played Mario? No. You've never played Super
2: Mario Brothers? I spent. Eight years and seven months in prison. All right,
0: all right. But this was in the early 80s, or the late 80s, rather. No, 1986 through 1988. I'm just shocked not, at that. Not at all interested. Well, anyway, there, there are these boxes that you hid in the game, and there are mm-hmm. coins and mushrooms and things that come at them. Right. And so that's what they did. They replicated those in real life, and they hung them around their town, and it caused a panic. So, yeah, if you do put empty boxes everywhere, the bomb squad's going to have a field day. I mean, it's just amazing to me. What is going on here? And the overreaction because with this case, there wasn't any threat that was associated with it. Now if somebody phones in a threat and says, There's a bomb out in front of the Carls Junior on Third Street, well then you've got a reason to be concerned, right? At least then there's some sort of point to it all. But for just someone to call something there's a box sitting out here and I don't know what it is. I mean that's just craziness. When will it stop? And and why do they blow them up? I mean, if there's something that's volatile, <laughs> why would you blow it up? If there are real chemicals in there that could cause explosions, uh, what? Well, I'm sure do that they that's put like some bomb shield over top I'm of them. I'm sure there, that's and the right thing to
2: do. i mean I'm sure that bomb squads aren't blowing up bombs, and it's a stupid thing to do. That I'm doesn't not, make any sense to me.
0: I'm not saying it's a stupid thing. I'm just saying I want why? to understand right. why that is. Do they put some sort of bomb shield over top of it to where it doesn't actually explode and hurt anybody? I'm sure that they attempt to do some stuff like
2: that. They get to bring their little robots out, and that's always fun.
0: And what about who... And who owned the trumpet? Did that ever come out in the news? Who's, whose case was it? It didn't some mention
2: f- it in this uh, little article. Street on musician?
0: Uh, like a street musician leaving it on the side of the road? Just, you know, forgot to, about went it? Went into Carl's Jr.'s to get a hamburger? Well, you'd think he you would notice the bomb squad there. They don't exactly, They don't exactly move fast. <laughs> well...
2: I don't know what he would have uh what, what he would have noticed, but uh, at that point once the bomb squad 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 is on the scene, you're not getting anywhere near that suitcase. It's my suitcase, it's my trumpet in there. Shut up, get in line, citizen. Yeah. They're gonna blow that suitcase up.
0: Here's some more awful news. This from Atlanta. The Associated Press reporting on the latest on the Gennaro Wilson case. A man who had consensual sex with a 15-year-old girl when he was 17 is not eligible for bail while appealing his 10-year prison sentence, said a judge on Wednesday. The ruling is likely to mean the 21-year-old Gennaro Wilson will remain behind bars for several more months at least. In Wednesday's ruling, the Superior Court Judge David Emerson said his conviction for one of the so-called seven deadly sins under Georgia law makes him ineligible for bail. He canceled a hearing that had been scheduled for July 5th. The Georgia Supreme Court is not set to hear his appeal of his term for aggravated child molestation until October. The justices denied a motion by the Attorney General to expedite the appeal. Wilson has served more than 28 months of his 10-year mandatory minimum sentence. 10-year mandatory minimum? For receiving oral sex at a 2003 New Year's Eve party. The law, which is, by the way, completely consensual. A Monroe County judge earlier this month called uh, G- called Gennarlo's sentence quote a grave miscarriage of justice unquote and ordered his release. But Baker, the uh, prosecutor's office, appealed, saying that the judge overstepped his authority. They argued that the ruling could result in the release of some 1,300 child molesters from Georgia's jail.
2: Why, why ruling in this particular case would it, it are all the child molesters going to get loose? That doesn't oh, make sense. Oh, we have to lock this guy up for 10 years, otherwise all the child molesters get loose.
0: Yeah, that doesn't make a damn bit of sense. No, it doesn't, doesn't make any sense. This case was being looked at by the judge on an individual basis, and the judge says this isn't right. This isn't molestation. The definition of molestation is unwanted sexual touching. It was touching. a
2: 15-year-old boy and a sick, uh, 17-year-old
0: boy, 15-year-old girl, at a party, together, with other people around, and I believe there was even a video camera involved, totally consensual. Pretty tacky. Well, you know, kids will be kids. They're going to do stupid tacky things mm-hmm. and you know, silly things. I don't things. think 10 years
2: in prison is going to uh, help anyone.
0: Hell no, it's not. All it's going to do is help the prison system get an extra 40 grand a year or whatever mm-hmm. that it uh, that they pay out per
2: prisoner. A new guy to uh, you know, staff the prison industries. Uh, they have all kinds of companies that contract with the uh, prisons to uh, you know, get cheap labor labor essentially and uh you know, it helps the prison system because they get uh, money. You know, coming towards them. It's it's all a, a big system. Janarla, it used to be that convicts would turn big rocks into little rocks, but that doesn't really happen
0: anymore. Now they're making all kinds of different stuff. This man is guilty of nothing more than being a horny teenager and following his instincts. That's all he's guilty of. And there are thousands upon thousands of kids out there that are doing the same damn thing mm-hmm. every weekend. And whenever they get a chance. Well, I don't
2: know if there's thousands of kids uh,
0: videotaping it every weekend. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean videotaping, but I mean engaging in fellatio and Mm. oral sex and touching and real sex. The videotape probably did not help his case. Well, the fact is, I mean, there were. I mean, it's a fact that it happened. I mean, everybody Mm -hmm. knew that it happened, and he wasn't. I don't think he was denying that it happened. Mm, Maybe that was the first flaw in his case. Well, it's then again, it's her word versus his, right? In that case, if she says it happened, he says it didn't. He's probably going to jail anyway. Well, I, I would prefer to be in that circumstance. And it's a mandatory minimum, so it doesn't matter. The judge's hands were tied. The original sentencing yeah. judge, his hands were tied. He had to which give him ten is, years. Which is
2: wrong to do to judges. Um, although some judges would abuse it, it's
0: it's so difficult.
2: The legislators shouldn't be sentencing people, which is what it's doing. But yeah, at true. the same time, there's these hang 'em judges out there that'll that'll give people just a, an inordinate amount of time over silly little sentences. I'm gonna go after every drug dealer and I'm well, gonna get them,
0: and so they'll they'll give huge
2: sentences yeah, to, to but, somebody who has a joint.
0: But mandatory minimums don't prevent that. They ensure that. No, uh, some, some no, judges would there's give There's no even maximum. There, are there maximums? I don't know about that. There a are mandatory, mandatory min- minimums. Yes, a mandatory minimum
2: gives a, is a guideline as, as to what the judge has to sentence. Absolutely, there's a guideline. If the judge departs
0: from the mandate, is what it is. He can sentence above the minimum. No, but he can't sentence no, below no. it. No. Sorry. Why do you think they call it a mandatory minimum, Mark? I know what a There's mandatory no minimum is. There
2: is requirement of the amount of time you serve. That's a reference to the amount of time you serve, not for the, what the judge has to do as far as sentence. 800- 9231
0: This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Just enough time for your call. If you make it now, 800-259-9231. The Sakel CAI toll-free line. That's 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on our site are totally free. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then you should go and buy some stuff at the Free Talk Live store. Just go to store.freetalklive.com. You'll see a variety of merchandise, everything from a bunch of different types of Free Talk Live branded clothing to even products that don't have our logo on them, like the very cool Free Marketeer logo products. I think you're going to like those. Um, As well as other things like the Free Talk Live 2GB multi-gadget, our hottest selling item of all time. It's less than 60 bucks. It's a 2GB MP3 player. It's a flash drive. It is an FM tuner and a voice recorder are all rolled into one there's that there's dvd classic archive collector sets and more all there at store.freetalklive.com that is store.freetalklive.com now mark we went away sort of arguing over this mandatory minimum thing and i still don't know if i quite understand what you were trying to communicate to me at the end of that last segment can you try that again it's
2: my understanding and i believe it strongly is that a mandatory minimum isn't a restriction on the judge or anything like that it's a type of sentence um, it's, it's usually mandated when by the legislature. When you say it's
0: not a restriction on the judge, what do you mean by that? It,
2: the, the, it's not what the reference is. Um, a mandatory minimum is a type of sentence, as opposed to getting gain time or parole or anything like that. You don't get that on a mandatory minimum sentence. You're going to do five years on a five-year mandatory minimum sentence period to the day. Right. Um, that's not really an issue of... But uh, the judge doesn't determine mandatory minimums. The no. The legislature does. Correct. Um, I, I, that that's correct. But a judge can't depart above a mandatory minimum or below a mandatory minimum either.
0: No, he can't go below it. That's why it's called the mandatory minimum. I don't believe but that. But he can I don't go believe above that's the it. case, But okay. Look, I'm on no, the he, DEA's website right now as uh, an example. If a judge of departs minimum.
2: above, he must um give you know all kinds of reasons, and those things can be addressed in an appeal or a mitigation or anything like that. A judge sentences at the, whatever the legislature says they do. They, they often get guidelines, right. but in the case, the guideline
0: is with mandatory minimums. And I'm right here on the DEA's website. The guideline is, here you go. First offense. These are for coke, cocaine, fentanyl, mm-hmm. whatever, different possession things. If you have five kilograms more of coke. First offense, not less than 10 years. So, you can sentence higher than 10 years, but you may not sentence less than 10 years. So, based on whatever arbitrary factors the judge wants to base it on, he could give the guy 20 years if he wants to. Yeah, but he'll probably give 10, just because it's easy. Okay, well, I wish I could give you less, but here's But I 10. don't think that, that that doesn't refer to a mandatory minimum. That is a mandatory minimum sentence. It's to, it is linked It is linked to from the Wikipedia well, page on He will on not mandatory do minimus.
2: less than 10 years on a 10-year ma- mandatory minimum sentence. Of course he won't. No. Ian. I'm telling you, if a judge departs above um, the guidelines in a sentence, he has to make there, – there But there's to be no upper guideline. Of, there's no upper
0: level guideline. You're he not looking at the guidelines. Yet.
2: You're looking at DEA, uh, the DEA site. Look, every charge has guidelines. Every charge has guidelines, whether it comes in in a point
0: system or whether um, it's been given individually by the legislature. Okay, here's your guideline because under uh, other Schedule One and Two drugs – so, like marijuana instead mm-hmm. of cocaine, okay. any amount in quantity, first offense, not more than 20 years. So, in that case, there is an upper level um, block. There is an upper level ceiling on that. Uh, if death Look, or serious injury, not less than 20 years. I can't or tell more you what the life. DEA, which is a national organization, what they do specifically
2: um, for federal crimes. Look, there's 50 states in this union, and each of them do their um, criminal justice system differently. Okay, I can tell you specifics. I can argue specifics with you about the Florida criminal justice system. And those specifics I have are dated from nine years ago because that was the last time I cared. And what I'm telling you from nine years ago is a judge departs um, in, in Florida. is If a judge departs either upwards or below um, inside of a guideline, he's got to he's got to. There's a difference
0: it. between a guideline, a sentencing guideline and a mandatory minimum. Do you understand that? <laughs> Yes, there's a I big do. difference there. And look, you're going to get a mandatory
2: minimum either for certain sex charges. You're going to get a mandatory minimum Drugs. for um, gun charges, uh, certain uh, drug charges, right? All kinds of stuff like that. And that mandatory minimum can go concurrent with another sentence. But that mandatory minimum is given specifically. If a guy has a three-year mandatory minimum sentence, you know what he did. He pulled a gun on somebody. Mm-hmm. Okay, and. If he had a – nobody in Florida has a four-year mandatory minimum for um, pulling a gun on somebody, and nobody has one for two years.
0: It's three, okay? Right. It doesn't deviate. Well, okay, the minimum doesn't deviate, <sighs> Ian, but there is no maximum. You, yes, Why is it you I'm don't telling understand you. this?
2: Why Ian, is it so hard to get? Look, if I pull a gun on you and rob you, yeah. I might get 25 years with a three-year mandatory minimum but okay. i got that 3 years for pulling the gun i got the 25 for robbing you uh-huh. do you understand the yeah. judge is not going to give me 5 year mandatory minimum for the for that gun cuz he can't well he can sentence above no, if it's allowed he in the can't. rules that's well, not allowed you, in the rule. I rules. don't understand. It I'm is telling allowed, you. according
0: to what I according to what I'm reading here on the DEA's own website, there's not less than ten years, not more than life. There's your span. If the judge wants to sentence you to twenty years under those uh under those sentences Fabulous. Ing- that may very well be the federal guidelines. The DEA is a federal organization. Right. So then you are you are agreeing with me that a mandatory minimum is a mandatory minimum no. and you can't go below that. I know what um a mandatory minimum is a specific amount of time
2: given by the legislature whoever um, it is that makes these guidelines, and that goes for certain types
0: of charges. It's not above. It's not below. You're saying, let me see if I've got you straight here. Mm -hmm. You're saying that if there is a mandatory minimum at a federal or state level. I don't know about federal levels. I've never been to federal prison. If there is a mandatory minimum that the judge cannot sentence above that. That's what you're saying? Um, Why would they title it a mandatory minimum? Why wouldn't they just title it mandatory sentence? I don't know why they do anything.
2: The judge gives a certain amount of time for certain charges, and that's all they can do. They are not Mm -hmm. allowed to do anything differently.
0: Okay, 800-259-9231. I, I completely disagree with you. Maybe there are some states where it's that way, uh, but at the federal level, it's certainly not that way. There are definitely mandatory minimums, and they are absolutely able to sentence above the mandatory minimum. Is
2: this guy we were talking about uh, facing uh, federal
0: charges? Gennaro Wilson is yeah. not facing no, federal, federal charges. State no, state charges, right. Um, but anyway, let's continue with uh, the phone calls and go to Mark in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live, Mark. Hey, Mark guys,
9: what's going on? Hey, hey what's man. on your mind? I wanted to talk about uh cops in the free market.
0: Can' okay, do that uh, do that What's on your mind?
9: I'm pretty sure they wouldn't exist
0: wow, why is that?
9: Well, if you think about what cops actually do in our society today, they just pull you over, give you tickets for annoying stuff or harass you or kill your family members.
0: You don't think there would be guys in uh in vehicles with lights on top that would be patrolling around like security guards. No, not really. Well, they, we have that today. If you go to gated neighborhoods, they've hired uh, security and they tool around the neighborhood in their little cars with the little yellow lights on top, and you know they do those things today. So I think that would exist. I just think that I think you're right in that they wouldn't be pulling people over and giving them speeding tickets and that sort of thing because it really wouldn't be a a fundraising issue for them.
9: Well, I think they'd just be replaced by detectives because cops can't prevent crime at all anyway.
0: And that much they is true. clean
9: up after it. I think
0: you're right. I think insurance companies would definitely have detectives on staff. I think that um, every once in a while, the, the fact that cops are um,
2: on patrol, every once in a while, that will catch a criminal. And the very fact that they're on patrol is a deterrent, to some extent, to people committing crimes. I mean, are you going to commit a crime right in front of a cop?
9: Well, that's because they might shoot me.
2: Right. That's part of the deterrent.
9: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I think that there's some uh, I think there's some legitimacy to having guys driving around in cars with logos on them, and you know that they're sort of the authorities for whatever the area is that you're in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Mark, thank you for the call. We appreciate it. Right. And I think there's some sort of um, level of acceptance for that, and I think some communities are going to want it. I think other communities would say that maybe a community patrol would be more appropriate. But even then, they might get cars to drive around in with logos and flashing lights. Uh, it, it makes sense. But let's let the marketplace decide. Because inevitably that's where I think it should go. I think the marketplace should be um, choosing these things, not some arbitrary bunch of bureaucrats. 800-259-9231 only. Moments remain, but just enough time for a unscreened call on the Amplifier line. Who is this?
6: Hey, this is Matt from Illinois.
0: Hey, what's on your mind, Matt?
6: If I'm a judge and you've committed criminal sexual abuse and there is a mandatory minimum sentence of five years, I have to sentence you to at least Five years in prison.
0: Now, now this is at, at the state level.
6: That's at the state level, at least in the state of Illinois. A minimum sentence means just that I have to sentence you to five years. Right. Now, you can you sentence can up.
0: Out. You can bring it up to 10 if you want, but you can't go below five. That's but why I they call it a go minimum. Below five. Right.
6: right. Right. That is the minimum. Now, there's usually a minimum and a maximum.
0: Sometimes. And the
6: maximum might be 12 years. Now, you can get out after half of that if you go the day for a day. Every day you have good behavior, you get a day off your sentence.
2: Now, that's with the mandatory minimum?
6: Yes, or See, the mandatory, or, or any sentence.
2: Well, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way in Florida. Mandatory sentences, you've got to do day for day.
0: Well, okay, that's something you can argue. But the, I mean, the fact is, and thank you for the call, the fact is he's agreeing with me there. If it's called a mandatory minimum, that means the judge can sentence up from it. That's why they call it a mandatory minimum. Durr. Thanks well, look. Thanks, I'm only Mark. telling you how present Appreciate the argument, though. More on the way tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com.